herself. The presidential candidate and former President Bill Clinton surrounded by cameras and supporters as they cast their ballots in Chappaqua, New York. It is the most humbling feeling, Dan, because, you know, I know how much responsibility goes with this. Little rest for Clinton who touched down around three. Do you believe it? <laughs> several battleground states i'll do the very best i can if i'm fortunate enough to to win today to relieve no, remember you said that the clinton campaign struck a pose for the latest internet craze the mannequin challenge the campaign saying don't stand still vote today and is expected to be standing room only here at the javits center for tonight's election yeah tonight's the night tomorrow we're gonna have either hillary or trump it's going down <laughs> Regardless of all that bullshit, guess what? This and every episode is brought to you by All I Need Skateboarding. Um, we just had our third annual New England Am uh, last Saturday and Sunday. My voice is still scratchy just from screaming, man. It was so crazy. We did Saturday, we did 14 and under, 15 and over. So many people came out. Dudes got crazy. Uh, it was a full day, man. It was sick. Uh, and then the next day, 22 skate shops from all over New England came. They brought three riders each. And uh, every shop fucking threw down, man. It was insane. It was quite the show. There's so many good skateboarders, man. Um, and then also at the end, we gave out um, some cash for uh, Protech-sponsored Snowman Bowl Jam. And uh, this thing's gnarly. Uh, it's been at the edge for years now. And I've seen people skate it occasionally, but I've never really seen like a crazy heated session go down on it. So that's why we did the Protex No Man Bowl Jam, and it was insane. It didn't let me down. Man, people were getting crazy in the deep end, like going upside down and fucking insane, man. Um, yeah, the event was sick, man. Westgate showed up. Barley was there. Uh, it was two full days of just awesomeness. And we also premiered our uh, new All, All I Need Skate video, and uh, that was Saturday night. We went to um, Gallery X. It's an art gallery that I rented out in New Bedford to premiere our new full-length video. Um, it was sick. We filled out the gallery. Uh, we had some projector problems, but JV from Solstice Skate Shop came through. He made, we we had it going. We had the we had a trailer going. We were playing like our homie's trailer um, for his video, and and uh, it was going smooth. We had it playing, and then the laptop fell, and. Uh, like the extension or whatever the connector piece broke and we were like panicking but luckily we had everything on dvd and we had the the wires to fix it and we got it up and going again it was sick man it was so cool can't believe we're on our second video with all i need it's a trip man cory goonan billy drown timmy knuth crushed it kevin clum ryan adelman ramsey had a whole bunch of clips um the cool thing about our video too i'm hyped is like there's not any, like, definite parts. Everyone has enough footage to have parts, but it's all, like, mixed together. Like, because we skate spots together, so, like, multiple clips to, like, different people on the same spot. It's, like, more like the session. It was... I really hyped on uh, how Dan McGrath killed it, man. I, I love his filming and editing. Um, yeah. So, yeah. And also, uh, if you see one of our Thrive Prosper Rise boards in your skate shop, give it a try. And we also have our limited edition... Narragansett Beer Collab Deck, uh, which I'm calling the Beer Shark. You can check all this out at allineedskate.com. Uh, and today's guest is Ira Ingram. He's one of those dudes that every time I see, I just know he's the, the man. He's a full-on skate rat at heart and just uh, an epic individual. 
Uh, I hope you guys enjoy, and uh, I'll see you after this election bullshit. Peace. I just love the skating and the scene. Rain, rain, go away. All I need is a skateboard today. Board today. Board today. This is the Shetler Show featuring professional skateboarder, podcaster, and All I Need Skate founder, Anthony Shetler. So everyone was, it was hot. Everyone was doing it. Yeah, they're looking for their dad's fucking metal skateboards in the garage. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Get on this thing. <laughs> Each episode brings you amazing discussions with interesting people from all walks of life. Kind of when skateboarding clicked for me and you learn some tricks or whatever and you get that appreciation from your peers, you know, the other skaters are like, holy shit, like, yeah, dude, that's rad. Admiration. Yeah, yeah the admiration or the, the affirmation. Real. Recognize real. If I didn't experience those crazy moments in my life, then these great moments would never be as great as they have been. Honestly, like for me, I just loved it. Like I saw those dudes, I saw those videos, and I was like, holy fuck, this is sick. Yeah. This is what I want to do. Are you ready? Yes, sir. Fuck yeah. I was born ready. <laughs> Alright, so, wait, you're leaving tomorrow for Tampa? Yeah, first thing in the morning. What I think you... my flight's like 10 a.m., so not first thing, but... What's your schedule look like for Tampa this year? Uh, Thursday is all set up. Friday is set up, and hopefully we're done in time for rehearsal. Set, the, set, the set, up, set up meaning? Set up for the live broadcast. Nice. So, um, on my end... Uh, from like producing standpoint, um, basically just doing a lot of meetings with, you know, uh, the graphics guy, with the replay guy, with uh, uh, Paul Goncalves from Street League, and Paul Zitzer from Skate Park in Tampa. Zitzer's the um, man, might I say? He's the, yeah, he's a legend. <laughs> um, Paulie G's epic too. Is that red behind the scenes guy in skateboarding? Yeah, I don't think um, I've met him yet. Uh, he, I think, like. He filmed some stuff for uh, PJ Ladd's Wonderful Horrible Life. Nice. Um, a bunch of he's a he's a Boston cat. No shit. LA transplant. Yeah. Oh, he, Paul! Uh, I know Paul. Paul, Paul G. Paul Gun Calvis. Yeah, yeah I've stayed. I, you know, <laughs> yeah. That's Paul. Yeah, yeah. I know Paul. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I called him Paulie G. I was like, I don't know Paul. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. I stayed at his yeah, family's yeah, house. Uh, they own like a vineyard somewhere. We stayed there. It's pretty wild. Oh yeah, I yeah. Think... Paul, Paul gets down. I got bad stories about that. <laughs> <laughs> he yeah. gave me my first like um, Paul's fucking ballsy. He gave me my first job at at Fuel TV. Gave me like a really big shot to work on a bunch of those shows, and like you know, it was rad. It was it was cool. It was trial by fire working is, in television. Suddenly, is Fuel around anymore? Nah, I think it's uh, it's still in Australia, but um, Fox Sports kind of took it over and once they did that it just sucked you know <laughs> it was there was always like some lame stuff about the network I feel like you know there was always some cheesy shit and, but there was cool shows you know what I mean like uh, yeah. the first hands were rad and there was some some fun shows to work on The Daily Habit um, I was on The Daily Habit like two or three times I think again I made um, I produced and shot some content for them like made little segments and shit like did a cool thing with like uh, Melcher and Richie Jackson it was really fun both those dudes are classic. Yeah, those dudes rule. All right. So well, anyway, Paul, but yeah, so when I get to Tampa, um, 
basically all meetings and what I've been working on this week is kind of dialing in what we call a run a show. It's like a combination of a script and a schedule um, that outlines everything from what graphics get showed where, when we have time for replays, uh, when we toss the commercial, you know, the whole show open where we're, you know, showing the spotlight videos and um, just highlighting Jam <clears throat> of the year and all that stuff, just putting it all together into a show. And then, um, so I'm, the whole week up until the actual live broadcast, I'm just meeting with everybody and making sure everybody's got their job dialed and we have all the content in and double check everything, watch everything, you know, it's pick the music out. Yeah. Everything. They go live as well, right? Yeah. So this, what I, what I produce is actually a live broadcast. Oh, okay. I'm a producer of the live broadcast. So I am sort of like the skate nerd producer. You know, they so need I get in that. there and they need that dude for sure. Yeah, for sure. And I do that. I do that for a lot of live broadcasts, like um, uh, Battle of the Barracks, uh, the Vance Park series, which was super rad this year. It was like uh, I've been working on like Phoenix Am and a bunch of stuff for Vance forever, but we actually got to go over the world with the Park series and do all those live broadcasts. That was amazing. Um, uh, Tampa Am, Tampa Pro every year. How do you how do you think you got how do you think sorry to cut you off but how do you think you got lined up with all this is this from shredding because you're fucking really good at skateboarding era. <laughs> oh thanks I mean I was you know uh, I wanted to be a skater first right I still kind of consider myself a skater I'm in a fat nap but I I uh, I still skate a lot you know and I I, I kind of yeah I, I was like I I started picking up a camera and shit filming my friends like I, but it was just because I love skating because I wanted to skate yeah. trying to get sponsored and trying to go for it you know. So I was like a street rat, you know, handrails and gaps, and I was never very technically skilled. I always just kind of threw myself down shit. <laughs> yes. one, one of those kids. So I was one of those kids too. Nice. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You, you, you still don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> no, but I just yeah. mean like this, uh, you got a little destructive side in you, like me with skating. <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally. That was, I think, I like, I like, you know, even just uh, the other day, I went skating yesterday, yesterday the other day. I do that a lot because I'm getting older. At ballpark, what happened yesterday? Where are we um, at? How as far as age? How old are you now? I'm 36 now. Yeah, you're like a fucking old man, dude. Yeah, I've been skating since I was in like fifth grade. So it's been a hard 36, dude. I've been like taking care of all this. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> we'll work on it. We'll work on it, bro. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to skate more these days. <laughs> That's good. All right. Well, let's. I know we jump around. My show is crazy. We're gonna jump around. I don't care. Let's go ahead. Yeah, no Let's start at the very beginning. How, how did you okay. get into skateboarding? Skateboarding? Um, like, I, I grew up in um, El Toro, you know, like El Toro High School, that El Toro in Southern California. Is that like that where they, the stairs That's are? the high school I went to. Yeah, it's my alma mater, the 20 stair, whatever. No shit. Yeah, yeah I went to high school there. Um, so I grew up in El Toro, California, and it's now called Lake Forest. Yeah. They like... It's a bunch of rich white people thought that sounded too Mexican, I guess, and they switched the fucking name of the, the city, which is lame. I yeah. still thought Eldora. They switched um, it up to the whitest shit ever, Lake Forest. Yeah, I know. It's not, there's not a fucking lake or a forest in the city. It's <laughs> fucking assholes. Um, there's a pond and fucking some trees. Yeah. Um, it's embarrassing. But, uh, so yeah, so it was like a lot of like, uh, you know, suburban neighborhood, uh, like middle class, upper, upper middle class kids. So there's always, like, these trends when you're younger, you know, like, everyone gets BMX bikes, and then everyone's on fucking roller skates or roller blades or whatever, and then 
everyone's fucking, you know, with like, they, not like the razors like they got now, but we had like skateboard scooters in yeah. the 80s, you know? Like Back to the and, Future kit where he kicks the candle off and like that one? Yeah, 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 exactly. It's like an 80s, like, like a, like a Nash, but like tombstone shaped flat ass board with a big tail and then just these like metal handles that came out of the top yes. they suck they're super clunky <laughs> but then like um every kid in my neighborhood you know i was like bouncing around with everybody and then like everyone got skateboards you know and uh i just was super hyped and i just stuck with skateboard good choice. everyone went like moved on to something else or whatever it was like mountain bikes or whatever and i stayed with skateboard so is there a sponsor me tape out there of you yeah there's there's a couple fuck dude there's actually um, there's a couple parts. I have some VHSs here with some old shit. What about online? What about stuff. online? Yeah. What's that? What about online? Online? No, there's not. Dude, Kirk Danda. Fucking Kirk Danda, who was the director for uh, On Video and his creative director for Phone Phone One Video Magazine Forever. He's a, a a good good buddy and from El Toro from that scene as well. And um, uh, like, he used to skate a lot with Jerry Fowler back in the day and, sh- and shit. And, like, uh, a lot of, like, the Lake Forest dudes, like, uh, Rick, Rick Marmaleo and, uh, and Brian Witt and Joey, Joey D, who was on, like, the first, uh, Joey Denahauer, who was on the first Toy Machine lineup. Nice. These really rad, like, crew of guys. They were kind of, like, a little bit older than me. And I remember me and my best friend Daryl used to always see them at spots and started kicking it skating with those guys. And, um, anyway, um, we all, got a video going and it you know we had a little stupid little crew it was called uh, street pirates still kind of <laughs> i still have tattoos and shit it's kind of a, just like a joking around like street pirate crew you know and i thought at the time we were really into pirate verbiage and shit so who is it um so like john bradford was in it a photographer you know out of long beach and shit like it was a rat actually everyone's killing it now that from the street pirates they're all out there in the world but um we were working on a video, man, and fucking, it was all in the Kirk, uh, the Kirk had everything in the fucking 411 hard drives, and then when fucking evil-ass Wasserman Corporation bought it, they bought all the computers and shit, and I, I don't have any of my footage from that, like. Oh my god. Like, a, like a pretty much a full part, so it's out there fucking somewhere, but. Someone who doesn't uh, skate has it on a hard drive. God damn yeah, it. Yeah, I have my, I have my banger, it was a fucking. It's just embarrassing to say now. It was a feeble and a 13-stair handrail. Why is that and embarrassing? That, That's still... Well, I mean, today, it's like kids fucking... You know, you go out and film one of these brats, and they feeble a 20, like, first try, <laughs> warming up for... You know, it's just like, okay. That's just crazy weird. And then, so, that was like, fuck yeah, I made it. And I remember, actually, Bradford shot a super sick photo of it. He used it in his grad show from um, Brooks Photo Academy. Nice. Nice. I told you I talk a lot. This is going to keep going. Keep going. Um, but so then I was trying to get the photo ran and he was lining it up as like a checkout in skateboarder. And then Marcus Bandy came out with a feeble, on the same fucking rail. And I was just like, it just, that was my one, my missed opportunity, man. I could have been somebody. I could have been a contender. Marcus is fucking gnarly though. He's a good dude to be taken out by. He's gnarly. Yeah. I, I actually, in fact, like right after I skated with him at a park and, and, uh, and he was super rad and, uh, like, you know, whatever, you just see people at parks and I was, like, inside, like, my heart was broken, but he was cool. You went home later that night and you found your list of people to kill and you took his <laughs> yeah. name off it, like, in Adam Sandler? For sure. Yeah, 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 Adam Sandler shit. <laughs> and then I put some lipstick on. <laughs> <laughs> and you have before, I guarantee it. I could see you with lipstick on. <laughs> I have, well, I have, uh, yeah, I wear my wife. 
wife's lipstick all the time. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, I wanted to ask you, did you grow up just wanting to ollie those stairs? Was that the legend? Like, people looking at this thing and while you're in school? Well, yeah, everyone was, it would be like this, it would, dude, it was so funny. I mean, skateboarding, you know, it was like, uh, on, on the way up, uh, I graduated in 99, so, you know, it was kind of like that, like, resurgence of skateboarding was happening. Yeah. And, like, uh, the, the, you know, the four years before that, um, we were like, th- there's like six skaters at the whole, in the whole high school, pretty much. And we all sat, like, if you've ever been there and you're looking at the bottom of the stairs, looking up, there's that right corner of railing. Yeah. You, you kind of see that right corner of railing up there. That was like where the skate table was like overlooking the fucking 20 nice. and no one had skated it yet. Keith, uh, in, I think 99 in the end was the first person with a lip slide to land something. I tried to grind the 22 out back and I got served up. Dwayne <laughs> Gonzalez like grinded it a f- few years back now, like Gnarly. five or six years ago or something. There's like a no run up 22, but then you, there's like a dirt hill on the side, so you can kind of cheat it. Nice. So I was jumping off. I stood up on one and didn't work out. I've been there. I've been there a million times. <laughs> yeah, things fucking big. Do you remember your Do you remember your first board? Official? Uh, for, yeah, uh, the real the real skateboard. Yeah. Um. Fuck, it was a, um, I mean, my first skateboard was a Nash that I got on Christmas morning. I still have a photo of it. Is that a real board um, back then? No, nah, I mean, it's not a real board. That was like, that, that was like when I like really knew I liked it. I think the first, I mean, the first video that I ever got was, um, Psychoscape, which was a Vision Streetwear video. Nice. So I want to say it was something like that. It was some 80s shit, you know? Like, it was this pre... Um, it was still fish. Fish fish boards. <laughs> nice. It was probably like a Gons or something. I mean, I don't know, like the squirrel, a gator. So it had the tail, but like no nose, basically? Yeah, I don't know. I remember it was super colorful. I was pretty young and dumb. When I finally, like, was really, like... Really, really skating. It was playing b-boards because questionable is the shit. Like Pat Duffy, um, I remember having like a. The first one I remember loving the graphic was a, like a Danny Wayboard, and it was like H.R. Geiger. It was ever slick, and it was a H.R. Geiger like alien in the wall, like you know, kind of hidden in the wall from aliens. You know that shit? Yeah, sick. Yeah. So I, that's that's the first one I remember. Remember like actually caring about the graphic i just wanted like something to push around on when i was a kid you know yeah i didn't know i didn't know about anything until i was in like sixth grade and then kids were like what the fuck you gotta get some dickies and fucking, <laughs> you know like watch questionable and learn pressure flips they put you on they schooled you to the game yeah i was definitely like the dorky like outsider kid who just liked it it took me a while to kind of catch on stuff um did you ever get sponsored out shops and shit like that. I was actually on web trucks for a fucking brief period of time. Hey, well, alright, alright, I was on Phantom for a while. Remember Phantom? <laughs> what was Phantom a truck company? Yeah, Phantom. What was Phantom? Was uh, it trucks? Yeah, it was trucks. I used they used to have this like little ghost emblem on the truck, but it would like come off when you grind it. Oh shit. But yeah. I was always kind of embarrassed but like stoked on yeah. a sponsor, you know? Oh my god. I would sell the web trucks and buy indies. Nice. I broke like the first three pairs I put on, and then that was it. it. Was just like, okay, I can't do this. Oh, the dude was cool though. I forget the team manager's name. He was nice. Yeah, hell yeah, he hooked you up. Yeah. You were trying to grind twenty two stairs though, to be honest. So like, he's probably like, yeah, hook him up, bro. Hook him up. 
All right, so how yeah. do we, how do we go from skating to filming? Was there a moment where you're like, you know what, this is it, dude. I'm just gonna be the filmer. I mean, it, like you know, when you when you skate, like everybody kind of films everybody. Like yeah. someone gets like we all got my buddy Daryl's mom's camera. It's like VHS camera. I remember like taking the rubber eyepiece off to try to like roll, looking down through the eyepiece. You yeah, know, it works. Film. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like, uh, and I I liked filming and. Um, and then, I didn't, I don't think I ever really thought I was gonna like film skating. Like, I never considered filming anything until I was actually in like, um, fuck, it's more embarrassing. It was in like a Christian hardcore band in <laughs> in junior high for a couple of years. I had like a weird, sad boy face. Did you have no, long hair? Uh, no, I've never really had long hair. Mm-hmm. I've never, I've, I have really curly hair. I've got the classic Jufro. Nice. And I see it picked on, man. And then, like, in sixth grade, um, it was like, my mom finally was like, okay, you can do whatever you want. And I went to the barber and I was just like, fucking shave this off. And he shaved it off. And, like, I, I showed up at school the next day. Kids didn't recognize me. Girls were talking to me. It was fucking, it was like a different life. Nice. Face. Now I'm bald, so I got no choice. Even if I wanted to, shit's... Welcome to my crew. Welcome to my crew. Check, check it out. Yeah, exactly. Yep, you got it. It's nice. You look good, man. You look good. Don't worry about it. I love it. Your bald is beautiful. I'm back in it. Damn right. <laughs> so what was the name of your album with your Christian hardcore band? Oh, I don't mean to laugh. I apologize. <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't even know. It was so bad. But, like, more to my point, um, we were... There was a band... <laughs> the first I was in two bands the first band uh, was called Maintain nice fucking so lame so bad <laughs> um and uh, that was on like one compilation it was like it's called Helpless Amongst Friends Volume 2 I think <laughs> it was like a hardcore band yeah <laughs> fucking weird um anyway I mean, there's an awful song on there I, I it, it's I blocked most of it out are you lyrics? but what but what happened was the the so tying this shit back in, God, uh, I'm going to tell every embarrassing story about please. my life, I feel like. Please, please so, uh But no, so uh, I, w- I was awful in the band. You know, I never, like, learned to read music and shit as a bass player. And I just, like, learned tablature, which is just, like, the most dumbed-down version of reading music you can learn. Nice. And uh, and then, uh, you know, one one night, uh, this other band, it was kind of like a bigger band, asked if, like, this guy was supposed to film them during the show didn't show up and they asked if I could I had never really like tried to do anything like that like besides just filming your friends like like a wide shot of someone skateboarding you know these those awful like classic kid like no zoom just a bad pan and your friend like tail slides a curb and barely rides away like that was my only introduction really to video but then they were super hyped on how I shot and like way more hyped on like how I played bass you know and so I like got kind of proud of it I was like this is great and then I filmed a couple more shows like that, and um, then I just kind of fucking got over the whole religion thing, which is like, I never, I don't know, that I'm very, I'm very, very, um, very, very uh, atheist these days. But uh, that, the whole church experience really freaked me out. I never, I, I don't know, it was a weird, it was a weird scene. So anyway, I just went back to skating, and then, long story short, too late, ended up. Uh, eventually after like waiting tables and just doing all these random jobs and just kind of being bummed out, um, ended up working at 411 as a sales rep. Mm-hmm. And my friend Kirk Dienda that was, you know, from the Street Pirates, 
I used his name to get the job there. I didn't even like tell him. I just used him as a reference. Like he didn't even know I was applying. And they hired me. And uh, and that's I mean that one thing like is the only reason I even have a career is because I worked there as a sales rep. And uh, I was good at it for a while, and I got burnt out on the whole thing, and uh, ended up eventually getting fired. It was just partying too much. <laughs> Stop taking it seriously. Then I went to school and like learned how to you know took some film classes and then dropped out of school and then bought a camera and then you know we already talked about running into Polly D at Fuel um, and you know Paul had been an intern at Four One One and I was a sales rep we were both like really low in the rung and then uh, yeah he gave me that shot over there and I started working and then I like you know ended up turning that over the course of a couple of years into a career. Let me uh, stop you here. First, I want to first I want to say once a street pirate, always a street pirate, and that's why oh, you, yeah. that's why you got fired from four and one. Your inner street pirate came out, and I respect the fuck out of that, bro. Don't even worry about it. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not. And you know, like you know, Chris Ortiz and Friedberg and all those guys, like um, uh, you know, everyone at four and one, they uh, those fucking guys, like they all taught me a ton. You know, I was one of the reasons I was a shitty sales rep is because I was just like hanging out in the edit bays and like watching those guys work and like just fucking learning like that was really school for me you know being in there and they were all so rad like it wasn't like this fucking sales rep is hanging out in here you know what i mean it was like yeah check like check this out this is how this works and you know like it was it was so rad and it's funny i can trace every really every job back to that to that shit so that's so sick uh, yeah, I love those yeah, it's guys. Fucking, it's fucking great. It's cool. Yeah, both Josh and uh, Ortiz are fucking classic human beings. Yeah, and you know, everyone like you know, uh, Cole Matthews, who's uh, over at Element now. Um, just uh, like like Kevin Strick, Ryan Marcus, Ricky Biedenbaugh, Wing Co is such a fucking legend. Hell he yeah. was like a uh, Wing is like uh, there's everyone should look up a Theories of Atlantis interview with Wing Co. One of my mentors. He lives down the street. When I moved to Pasadena, Sick. helped me out so much. He's the voice of On Video. So you go back and watch On Video. He's the narrator. That like, really no dry. shit. No shit. Yeah, yeah, totally. So it's a trip to talk to Wayne because he's just you're talking like it just it sounds exactly like watching On Video. Yeah, it's like but you're in the On Video. <laughs> yeah, nice. he's a legend though. Like that Tom, all that Tom Penny sixteen millimeter. He filmed all that switch front sides with Carl's band. Wow. The, fucking, the downhill line. He filmed on like a slalom board with a bullet. <laughs> Like, it's fucked. He's so sick. Like, so much respect for those dudes. And they all just, you know, like, uh, you know, like I said, Kirk DeAnda, every one of those dudes just, they've been, they've been, uh, instrumental in skateboarding and, you know, helping me out for sure. And for the people listening, you're a sales rep for 401. You guys, you were selling DVDs? This is what you're doing? Or what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was, so I got a job. Dude, I was selling, like, Bam Margera Haggard videos and fucking, um, you know, CKY videos, the Mike V fight video. I was slaying, like, cold calling shops. Things like, were going well, trying man. To, trying to get fringe shops. Dude, there was some, yeah, people, that Mike V video was fucking, that was a hot seller. <laughs> I think it. I still got one somewhere. That shit is tight. He fucking smacks fools up. He fought, like, <laughs> four dudes at once, right? That's in that, that's in that video. Yeah, that's so good. And then, like, and rescuing Muska from security, that one crazy melee it was like in Vegas or some shit you should start s- from above <laughs> you should sell them now I'd buy that now for sure dude I, yeah you probably got a couple copies squirreled away somewhere wow I don't even have a DVD player anymore fucking really yeah I got a VHS player still 
What the fuck do you watch on that? What do you got? Fucking skate videos, dude. I got I got all my old skate videos, or at least most of them, with the ones that have survived. You know, I still got Yellow on VHS. I wow. High Five on VHS. Damn. Um, yeah, right. Uh, a bunch of the bunch of the classics. Chomp on this. It's heavy. I took my wife to that premiere. Is it Yellow? Is it cassette Yellow? Chomp on this. For Yellow, uh, Chomp on this. Yeah, yeah. The cassette Yellow is in the black box with the Pac-Man shit. They got a cease and desist. And we were distributing that at 411, and I got a cease and desist, and I just grabbed like three or four of those things. I got one in the plastic. Nice. Good fucking move right there, dude. So you got yeah. so you got fired for fucking selling DVDs. <laughs> no, I wasn't, I wasn't selling them on the side. No, no, no. I got fired because um, this guy, Doug Thompson, who is like a huge fashion photographer now, uh, or he shoots all sorts of shit. He like shoots all like these campaigns for like Ace Hotels and stuff. Nice. He was the music co- coordinator for... On video, so he's the reason like blonde redhead and shit like was so hot then. Like, they, like he found all that music and then brought it to on video, and like he was super sick. So he was going away to pursue photography on the East Coast, and everybody went out. All the creative guys, you know, went to the Red Room in Long Beach, a little skate bar, nice. and just got hammered. It was like a Wednesday night, and they're all like, "We're not going in tomorrow," and I was like, "I'm not going in tomorrow if you're not." And then, like, all those guys, you know, they have creative jobs. Like, they had, like, deadlines. I needed to be there at punch o'clock at 8 o'clock. I wasn't there, and they were just like, that's it, dude. You slip and you're out. Dude, fucking street pirate. Street pirate. Yeah. Chalk it up. Yeah, that was it. Um, okay. We're going to jump around a little bit. No um, worries. Okay, no cool. Worries. All right. Let me just cross that off the list. Oh, I wanted to ask you. Did you say you went to school for... Did you go for filming? I went to... Yeah, I took film classes at Pasadena City College, and then... Um, I wanted to go to art center and that's why my wife and I moved to Pasadena and, um, started looking into loans and it was just heavy. And I had, uh, I had a teacher, I had two d- different teachers that both said the same thing. One in a master's from USC and one in a master's from art center. And they were both like, you know, take all the classes here and then go try to get a job as a PA. Like go try to get, go try to work your way up, and stay out of the student loans. Cause once you know the basics of how a camera works the basics of storytelling and the basics of editing, then you can kind of build on that. And the technology is always changing. You always have to be vigilant about like educating yourself with software, firmware, new cameras. And so, you know, you're always kind of in school anyway. So as soon as you get the basics down, there's this book that like I used for the first year of my career It's called the bare bones book of film and video that just had all the, the breakdowns in it. You know what I mean? Like you're, so I just I just kept that thing with me and my wife, uh, who is then my girlfriend, she uh, she put uh, like my first camera on a credit card. Nice. It's her idea. She was like, you know, just trying to pay it off, and that was it. What camera? I started trying to work. It was a Panasonic at the time. These Panasonic DVX one hundreds nice. were like really taking off because they shot. Um, 30p and 24p it's so funny to say um <laughs> standard def it was like oh it doesn't shoot like video it's you know <laughs> takes like actual like actually like works like a film camera and takes like photos it was actually like a frame right there and um that was the reason i got like uh a lot of the work that i got was just because of that little camera so mm-hmm. paid it off and, you know hvx came out moved on to that so it sounded like it yeah, was a I good never, investment. I never owned a VX. I filmed with them a ton, but I never actually owned one. Wow, that sounds crazy to say. As like a skater yeah. who films, that sounds crazy to say. I mean, it's what I learned on. You know, I learned filming with Kirks and like all those guys at Four One, but like I never, 
never owned one, so. Are you, uh, there's people that are super into HD and then this, you know, people that aren't into it, do you, do you care either way? I mean, like, everything's good for, you know, for, it depends on what you're trying to do, you know, different tools for different jobs. I'm, I definitely think the whole VX only thing is stupid, um. You know, you don't fucking carry a pager around still. You know, like, there's better shit out there. How do you so know, bro? Beep, beep, yeah, beep. exactly. Yeah, maybe you do. Oh, maybe shit. you do. I gotta meet my drug dealer. It's probably coming back. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like I don't know. You just like you gotta use. I think it's 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 dumb to like exclude anything. You know what I mean? I love using new tools and and. And new things, and they get overused, and they get a lot of people get burned out on HD. But there's a way to use it, and, and yeah. you know, if if you work with that aspect ratio right, it looks great. You know what I mean? Like you look at Jason Hernandez stuff, and it's not lacking anything. You know? Yeah, I think the purists that are into just VX only, it's because they don't, they can't afford the HD. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. It's like it's like. It's like kids that are like, oh, fuck it, I would never skate for Red Bull until they get a Red Bull contract and then you see them in the hat, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like everyone says they're, they're over it until the fucking contract's in front of them, yeah. you know? Yeah, you just got to make sure if you get that Red Bull sponsor, you put that money back into skateboarding somehow, and then that, that kind of works it all out, I think. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I know Tom Curran's running their program over it, he does a pretty good job, man, like, yeah. you know, I'm, I, def- I work with a lot of these big companies, and the... The smart ones, you know, they have skate skateboarders running their running their shit. Did I back it? Yeah, that's how it should be. If they're gonna employ like someone who skates and knows what the industry and the culture is all about, and they're gonna give back to skating and hook dudes up and shit, I'm always stoked on that. I want more skateboarders to be able to do cool stuff within skating. We can't all be pros or ams, but there's tons of other things, you know, like there's team managers, filmers, like there's all types of stuff. Podcasting, you could do blogs, like. I want more skateboarding everywhere. However you can get it in your life, then that's awesome by me, man. I couldn't agree more, dude. Like, like being like, you know, skateboarding can be whatever you want, like, for you. If you fucking, if you're like a fuck the Olympics guy, fuck this, I don't, you know what I mean? Like, just like, fuck Nike, fuck, you know, these big companies coming to skateboarding. That's fine, man. Like, but there's so many people that I grew up respecting and watching who have had a really fucking rough time after, you know, professional skateboarding chewed them up and spit them out. And, like, I, I have no quarrels with anyone who's getting a paycheck for riding a skateboard. It's how you re- represent yourself and, like, you know, how you how you, how you you deal with the, the job. But, like, I mean, there, there should be money in this shit. These guys deserve it, you know what I mean? You see, like, legends. I don't want to call anyone out, but, like... There's legends out there that just fucking, you know, that have just fucking labor jobs now in their 40s and 50s who are just trying to make it. They have families, trying to, you know. Dude, dudes that help contribute and build skateboarding up to where it is now where dudes can get checks. Yeah. And skateboarding didn't really, like, take care of them to a certain degree, you know, like. Yeah, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't able to do it. So like, Financially, I mean, maybe. You know, there's, there's definitely <laughs> benefits and there's negative aspects to having these big companies come in, but. You know, when your heroes get taken care of, it's a lot better than when they don't, man. It's heartbreaking. Some of these guys, you hear these stories about what they're doing, you know? It's like, fuck, that shit never, it's not right. Oh, dude, it trips me out when I heard of someone that I grew up watching, and I'm like, this guy loves skating, and, like, I'm in love with skating because of it and all the shit, and then you find out, like they kind of got the shaft or whatever happened to him, you know? It's like, damn, that sucks so bad. Because the truth is, like, 
I don't know. Everybody should be trying to make a little bit of money off of what they love because then that's your time. Our currency is our time. Like if I have to go stand in a warehouse five days a week and just think about skating, like what if I got one day to just make money and play with skateboarding? Like that should be good. We should. Your time is the most important thing. Yeah, time's all you've got. That's it. That's our currency. That's a real fucking currency because that's it. You know, like. So if you can make a little bit of money, everyone's trying to do that. I don't care who they are. They're lying. If they're not trying to make a little bit of money, like monetize the things they love and make a little bit of money, they're lying. Cause, or they're lazy, one or the other. Because nobody yeah. wants to dig trenches, you know what I mean? Like, no one. Yeah. <laughs> I've done it, man. I've loaded trucks. I've fucking done all that. Like, I've, I've done that shit. It sucks. Oh, dude. It's soul crushing. Me too, man. I When uh, I was riding, uh, at the time, I was riding for World Industries, and they got bought and sold, and they had to let go of their skate team. And uh, that was my only livelihood. And uh, so I was kind of like sink or swim, you know. But I knew I had a good work ethic. So I went to like this temp agency and uh, they hired me and they fucking – I had to bounce tires. So basically, I don't, I don't know if you know about this job, but they, they bring in a fucking 18-wheeler and the whole back of it is full of tires. And they're stacked to the roof and they're crisscrossed in like a pattern. So you open, yeah, you open the back of the eighteen wheeler, and it's tires from the ground to the ceiling, and you just gotta like, there was the whole thing was you had to, cl- I had to climb up, tear down the first wall, all these tires come following down, I almost rolled my ankles so many times, and they're all different sizes from like big to like those massive like tractor tires, and then you have to like take the tire and bounce it on another tire, roll it down this hallway to another guy at the other end, he's catching it and he's stacking them on pallets, so sometimes I'd be tearing the wall down sometimes i'd be stacking these things it was such a brutal job i did it for like three weeks and then uh they asked me you're fucking massive too dude it was the most it was so much work man and then uh i did for like three weeks and then they were like trying to hire me full-time uh but they're gonna drug test me and i was like you know what (laughs) i like smoking weed more than i like working here i'm out I'll find another job. <laughs> I, I had a job loading trucks when I was younger, and they, they like gave me the piss test, and I went and bought like the fake kit to pass the piss test. No know? way! And, that... then I, and I went in and like took the test, and then like nobody called me, which like I, I was all paranoid. I was like, "Fuck, man, I was waiting." So I didn't show up the first day. So I thought like, "Well, fuck, nobody called me, man." So I didn't make it. And I got this call like, "Where the fuck are you?" And I was like, "What are you talking about?" And they're like, "You're supposed to work today." And I was like. Oh, what about the drug test? Like, what are you talking about? And I was like, oh, uh, I thought someone was supposed to call me and then set it up after the drug test. Totally, like, still came in there. It was fucking hilarious. Dude, you sounded so guilty. They're like, he just oh, assumed. Dude, it was awful. He like, assumed. I almost, almost ruined getting the job before I got it. I was just like, there's no way I'm bad. There's no way this shit's going to work. <laughs> fucking amazing. What's a what's your what's your drink of choice? What you, what do you got right there? Spun? I like I like bourbon and I like uh, beer. This Ooh. was bourbon, and I put some more in there. Huh. Uh, and but that's yeah that's that's it. I like uh, bourbon and lagers. You know, like just simple. I don't like fucking pale ales or Belgians or anything like that. I like to drink a lot of beer, so I don't go for the big, the big flavorful fucking floral shit. Plus, most of that shit gives me a headache. Yeah. So yeah, you I don't like IPAs. You're like Westgate's dad, Brandon Westgate's dad. He just likes like Bud Light because it's water. He can drink a lot, or he used to. I don't even think he drinks anymore. Uh, I, mean, I drink like I mean I drink decent beer. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't know. Like I drink drinking Stella at night. You know. Good so, choice. I like Stella. Stella's yeah. good. I don't drink anything light for sure, which is why I have the physique that I do. <laughs> Are you really concerned about your your weight or what? Come on. Nah, no. Nah, I mean I'm two sixty. You know what I mean? So that's like. 
that's with you every day. I'm trying to lose weight. It's just, uh, it's a, you know, it's one of those things. I've been trying for like five years now or seven years or something. I don't know. What's don't what's your normal weight? Things. What would your like? What's your ideal weight at? Oh, I could probably lose fifty or sixty and be pretty happy. Two hundred, <laughs> right around two hundred. Yeah, around two hundred. I was like one ninety in high school, and I felt like you know one ninety high school and like five years after that or something like that, and I started to climb. I think you're cocky. No, not too bad. I break boards, and you know, like you, you know, it hurts your knees and stuff. It just because I don't like you know, I still skate, so I don't uh, you know. No, you fucking be, skate hard, nicer. dude. You fucking yeah, still skate hard. I skate a lot, yeah, six. And you got like your type of skating and being as big as you are, you definitely take some tumbles. How the how's the joints? All right. Yeah, they're okay. My my elbow is real banged up right now, real yeah. banged up. I've been falling on it like every time I go skate. It's like I hang up on a disaster or something like. Oh, I know that one. Within the first five minutes, or some shit. You know what I mean? Like, um. It just, I just keep fucking falling on, you know, the ty- typical swell though, it's not super bad, but it's oh, in there. It's she's a good one. Issue. Yeah, she's a good one. That one looked good. Yeah. There's <laughs> a lot of fat over that. So, you know, <laughs> under there, there's a bigger lump than it looks. My homie Ramsey, uh, Ira, my homie, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, okay, he, uh, I, I saw a moment, cause Ramsey's always been pretty heavy set, and he fluctuates too, sometimes like, he's just, he's down a bit, and then sometimes he's up a bit, um, I saw a moment, though, because he started getting in shape a lot more often and everything. I saw a moment when he started realizing he didn't have to, like, tumble when he fell. Like, he realized he could catch his own weight without hurting himself, like, because he lost weight, you know? And I saw the moment happen when we were out skating. I was like, holy shit, Ramsey, like, do you realize, like, you don't have to just roll out of shit now? You can actually walk out of it a bit? And he was like, yeah. I was like, holy shit, that's sick. (laughs) But he started. Yeah, you gotta be careful. You get out of shit. This is a lot of momentum. You know, two sixty. Yeah. You, know, you stop. You stop wrong. You know, the knee bends the wrong way, or like it just. You know, like I, I'm at the point now where like skating hard will ruin shoes by blowing them out. Like they roll <laughs> over. You know what I mean? Before I tear them, dude, it's awful. It's like. It's it's uh you know so whatever. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Me and no, it's fine. Fuck. I mean, I talk about it all. The, anyone who knows me knows it's like something I've mentioned. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm fucking. It's it's been this way for a long time. I don't. I'm not like self conscious about it. I just talk about it so it sounds like I'm doing something about it. But really, I'm just drinking too much. Well, don't worry because at least you, at least you don't look like Nicolas Cage like me. I get that all the time. <sighs> fucking. Oh, I did. What are you? Nicholas Cage is amazing. That's high praise. High yeah. praise. <laughs> you know how I know it's true is because I go to like grocery stores and it's like 40, 45 year old women that tell me it and they're like, yeah. and they just are like, you know who you look like? And I stop them every time. I'm like, yes, I do. And then they're like, yeah. Nicholas Cage, he's so handsome. I'm like, thank you, I think. <laughs> it's sick to get like mistaken for like a crazy fucking crazy insane dude too that dude is off his rock well like to be honest i've been getting it so long he actually had his shit together when it first started and now he's yeah. making it he's making us both look bad ira God. you've been getting it since like fucking uh, the las vegas movie what was that shit? leaving like, las vegas uh, or leaving las vegas yeah, yeah. Like, him and the hooker, that was tight he was like this severe alcoholic <laughs> you remember raising arizona he's, classic yeah fuck you dude yeah that one and wild at heart too lynch that was that's a I don't think I've seen that one. I'll have to check. Oh, that it's, that's super fucked up. That you gotta watch anything David Lynch has made. Nice. Wild at heart, you said. Wild at heart. Yeah, it's fucking great. I gotta write that one down. Have mm-hmm. you? 
Hey, hey, what do you consume as far as like TV, podcast? What do you watch or listen to or anything? Um, uh, uh, I love Kurt Vonnegut. I have a lot of um, tattoos of his like drawings from his books and shit. Nice. Um, definitely, he's one of my favorite authors. Um, uh, I find it's funny. I was like, "What do you consume? Podcasts or TV?" <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was going into like, I thought you were talking about, I thought we were getting into drugs or something. I was like, "Well, okay. <laughs> well, like I didn't uh, even consider to say books. I forgot books exist." <laughs> yeah, totally. No, I I, I, love, I read paper books too. I don't read them like a fucking. I like turning pages and marking pages and shit. Nice, old um, school. But yeah, t- uh, Tom Robbins and um, you know Hunter S. Thompson, Charles Bukowski, uh, Kurt Vonnegut. Uh, those guys all good reads, you know. Um, uh, but um, and as far as uh, documentaries, like Errol Morris documentaries, he's my, probably my favorite filmmaker of all time. What's he produced? Um, he's famous, like he's most famous for the Thin Blue Line, but he did. It's all documentary shit. Thin Blue Line was like this guy was accused of murder, and it's kind of the first. The first, and I, I, I might be wrong, but I think it's the first, like, film that came along and, and told a story and kind of proved that someone had gotten the shaft and been, like, wrongly convicted. And the documentary actually gets, like, the fucking, that's a ruin it. If you haven't seen it, it's fucking 30 years old. So if you haven't, I mean, whatever. Oh, a spoiler? It's, it's fucking it's cares, documentary, yeah, <laughs> But anyway, they, like, proved that the guy fucking, you know, didn't do it. And, and so they, it ended up, the, the, the court case was overturned and got the guy out of fucking death row, I think, or life in prison at least. That, um, that's crazy. So it, it, that's pretty sick, but it, it created like the docu-drama. Like he went through and like the cop side of the story, he shot it with all these like tight shots, like no faces, like lit it super sick and has this, like Philip Glass composes it. It's this crazy dramatic music. Um, and like Philip Glass did Clay and Scotty and a bunch of fucking amazing documentary scores so it's just really like pulsing and he does these reenactments and so you're just right there the whole time and then the other guy tells his story and it's the opposite and they show it you know so you're like what the fuck happens great it's a great watch um and then he did another thing that's called um fast cheap and out of control which i think is like my favorite documentary of all time fast cheap and out of control and then um he made the fog of war which is about um um uh, uh, what's his name? Um, McNamara, uh, the, the, the offensive, the fucking, oh man, my I dad's going to kill me. Secretary of Defense during, uh, during Vietnam. McNamara. McNamara. Wow. That dude. Yeah. Anyway. So that was a big famous one he got a bunch of Oscars for and he's done a ton of other shit. But, mm-hmm. um, definitely Errol Morris. Look him up. And then, you know, uh, I love movies. I love the Coen brothers, like Miller's Crossing. You, you, you talked about Raising Arizona. Um, yeah, Fargo. It, it, you know, a lot of their shit is great. What about cartoons? Um, cartoons. Um, I actually work a lot for Adult Swim now. Nice. And uh, that, I'm a massive fan. Like Rick and Morty, Aquatine Hunger Force, fucking Simpsons, all that shit. I've seen all of them. Um, what do you do for them? What do you do for them? Bob's Burgers. Oh, Bob, Bob's Burgers is awesome. I love that show. Yeah. Uh, Adult Swim, like, actually, Winko um, got me in on some shit forever ago and I shot like a ghost space killer concert for them what um they like Adult Swim's so rad they do tons of events um for the for like their their like demographic or whatever like the kids that like them they do these like free drive-in things they show a bunch of stuff and have free games and shit 
we'll go all over and film those. I filmed Comic-Con for them. I've gotten to film some promos for Your Pretty Faces Going to Hell recently. Wow. Just out in Atlanta. That, that was pretty, I love that show. If you don't know it, it's about like being in hell, but hell's like an office building where you never get off and sit studio. <laughs> so like, it's fucking amazing. And like, it's so, it's like super low budget green screen show, but like, the actors are amazing. It was super cool to get to work with them because I'm a huge fan. Um, and, uh, anyway, uh, and I got to shoot like a Space Ghost episode. It was like a promo with Zach Galifianakis and Will Ferrell. What? That was, that was like all time. Yeah, it was sick. Wait, they were, um, so were they in the same, wait, Space Ghost? Yeah, so they, it was when, you know, the movie campaign came out. They were like, uh, so they were fucking, you know, running against each other, which is actually right. Yeah. Current for today. It's election day. <laughs> oh, God. Don't fucking <laughs> yeah. remind me, dude. God yeah, damn sorry. It. Um, I know I have it muted in the background right now. I'm, like, glancing up. Why? What do they got? Are we right now? Do they, do they announce, when do they announce it officially? Uh, it could be as early as early evening tonight or tomorrow morning. They should, dude. They, you know, it could, I mean, if it gets crazy, if it's super close, then, you know, like, you remember the Gore Bush thing? They could drag this thing out for fucking. Oh, you're oh, no, talking about funny. the time where they fucking just changed who won. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Florida. <laughs> oh, dude, it's fucking. Like, I'm, I just want to know. I want it to be over so bad. Can I make a prediction? Can I say Hillary's going to yeah. win because whoever's in charge of the government hired Donald Trump, a reality show star, to to run against her and lose? <laughs> hey, I'll say that that doesn't sound crazier than... Anything I've heard during this fucking election season. So, it all, it all yeah, seems like sure. bad writing. I mean, yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't fucking be surprised at all. I mean, right? Like nothing can shock you now after this. This bullshit, like, dude, it's more obvious to me than ever that it's just a show, and it's kind of like I, I maybe I'm cynical or whatever, like. But I always say I'm just like, dude, they're gonna do whatever they want to do. Like, have you ever had power? Yeah, I tell probably. them. I tell my friends, my friend Jeff, he hangs out with me, and I'm like, have you ever had power, like power over someone or felt powerful? And and, uh, he's kind of like, not really. I'm like, well, I have. And people that feel that way usually fucking blow it when they have that, you know? Like, that's that's just what happens, you know what I mean? So I'm like, these people that own the resources and own the wealth, they're not going to just give it up. The show goes on, you know? Like, the only way culture I've ever seen change is through art. Through, like... Because life kind of tim- imitates art. So, like, when the art kind of sways the whole culture... Or, like, a drug, psychedelic... Drugs change culture all the time, you know? Like, sugar yeah. and psychedelics and fucking crack. Like, I don't know. Policies... The president kind of seems like a puppet to me. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. <laughs> No, I mean, it's this whole shit makes you crazy, you know? There's yeah. what's the, like, Abraham Lincoln quote? It's right aligned with what you're saying. It's, um, it's a true test of a man's character is to give him power. You know, you, you find out real quick who the dude really is, you know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah. yeah I, I, I've, I've worked for real assholes, so I try to, like, you know, when, when you're running a crew or whatever, I try to just, you know... I've never had a problem thinking like I, I if anything I'm like insecure yeah. you know so <laughs> I'm just like okay I'm just trying to be nice to everybody and just you know fucking you know I'm never super forceful about um I mean no, that's not true I get opinionated as fuck I don't know what I'm talking about that's I'm right. nice, I mean though. you gotta be nice I mean you gotta respect you gotta understand someone's doing their job like they know when they fuck up and if they care you don't gotta say shit about it 
Yeah. Because, you know what I mean? Like, I beat myself up. When I fuck up, I beat myself up more than anyone else is going to beat me up. Yeah. About it, you well, know? Well, so with, those, with those guys, I'm like, they're called career politicians. So it's a career to them. So obviously, it's like, uh, they're trying That's to- what should stop. That, that, that shit, we gotta put a time limit on fucking people being in office, you know what I mean? Like, it used to be like you had another job, and you came in, and you fucking, you know, you did your votes, and you were like, you know, in the Senate, or in the, you know, those guys, they should be, you know, they fucking, they're like vacations, and their healthcare and shit, like, we gotta, we gotta pull the carpet out from under these assholes, and well, see I, all the lobbyists, and then we'll be on a... On a better path. <laughs> we're in a we're in a weird spot right now. We're in a weird spot because there's like mirrors everywhere because the internet and the phones and like we're in a weird spot right now in the world that we've never been in before. Because people could always lie and deceit and kind of like do shitty things to get money and to abuse power. Now it's getting harder and harder. There's more transparency. You know what I mean? So. Even politicians, politicians, you're seeing them now, like, you're seeing how ugly some of these people are and how shitty qualities they have, but it's like, but they're still getting through to the last two. You're like, oh my god. Give me god. one example. Give me one example. <laughs> one. They've been going every month, all month yeah, long yeah. of examples. <laughs> like what, like Anthony Weiner or Donald Trump? Like, I don't know. All right, all right. But let's let's move let's move along. But let me point out, I see a I voted sticker on your chest. Yeah, do I still got it on? Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I, just re- I just put that on for Instagram. Nice. <laughs> All right, no more politics. We're done. That was fun though. Yeah. We'll get into a more lighthearted story. Just kidding. Sure. You, what about your dad, dude? What happened to your dad, man? Why does, uh, he, does he swim anymore? Does he go swimming ever ever again or? Uh, yeah, okay, yeah, uh, well, uh, my dad's, both my parents are fucking, I got really, I got really lucky. I'll start there and say, they're both fucking legendary, they're both, like, hard as coffin nails, you know? They're, uh, my mom's, like, got, like, the, the soft maternal side, obviously, you know, but she, like, she's fucking, she's a tough lady, she's been through a lot, and, uh, and, you know, same with my dad. My dad, we call him Scary Harry, it's Harold Alfred Ingram Jr., is the old man, and uh, yeah, he survived like Vietnam in '68, in the height of the Tet Offensive. A whole bunch. Of, um, he came back. He, he survived a, a, a marriage with a redhead. I don't know much about. <laughs> crashed a Harley, and then uh, and then met my mom. And uh, dude, he ran a boat shop most of my life. You know, owned his own business. Was his own man, and. Uh, he just retired recently, sold the business. They kept the, they kept his name on it. It's still Harry's Marine Engine Service out of Orange, California. You can go get your boat tuned up over there. Uh, self-promotion or whatever, family promotion. <laughs> yeah, that's a good plug so, for sure. Yeah, yeah. He, but it was sick. I grew up in the boat shop, so it was, it was pretty tight playing on boats and shit with G.I. Joe's and like other people's boats and stuff, taking naps. <laughs> anyway, um, so the shit you're talking about, though, uh, the problem, he's a, both my parents are like... Uh, free divers, breath hold divers. So, you know, they hold their breath and they can go in the water and they'll, you know, they dive into the ocean and they get like a uh, bluefin tuna, white sea bass, yellowtail, grouper, all sorts of shit. And, uh, with like a no, spear gun or something? Yeah, a spear gun. So they get a spear gun and they got some crazy fins and shit and they get, and they just like snorkeling with weight belts so they can get down low, you know, so they can like they dive deep and they hold their breath. The whole sport is like you only hunt holding your breath. You don't have the bubbles. The tank that scared the fish away. It's pretty old school shit. It's life or death shit. He's got a bunch of friends who died 
shallow water blackout, they call it. So, like, you hold your breath, fighting a fish too long, kick back to the surface, and you just, you don't make it. You, like, you turn off. Like, serious, like, it's fucking... I've been to funerals for these fucking guys. It's cr- they're crazy, and he would always harp on me for like not wearing a helmet. <laughs> None of my friends have fucking died. You know what I mean? Like, he, like you, he's and then so, uh, but yeah. Anyway, he's fucking. He's awesome. He's a bad motherfucker though. Old school. So September eleventh, nineteen eighty four, off the coast of Guadalupe Island, he got hit by uh, uh, what what the the witnesses described as a, as at least a sixteen foot white shark. So is a full breach attack. So when the shark hit him, that means the shark came all the way out of the water. It's like when you see them hit those seals and fucking like planet Earth and shit. Like that shit, 16 foot white. So the tor- the, the dorsal fin on this fucking shark is bigger than your torso. Oh my you know? God. Like, it's a, this, is a, this is a big boy. So this thing, um, he's kicking around on the surface and they're off the coast of Guadalupe Island. And these guys, they know their island's pretty good. They know their reefs. They know their... Um, you know, they hunt in the kelp patches, so, like, where the kelp grows up from, like, you know, it just comes out of the darkness. You get down in the water to go dive with these guys, and, like, you just see the kelp go down, and that's it. And they kick down, and they follow it. And the fish are along there, feeding off the feeder fish that are feeding on the kelp, and the little crabs that are on the fucking kelp. And the white sharks are looking for the big fish. So, uh, he's down, he's looking down into the water, and he thinks he sees, like, a shallow water reef, and he looks up at the island. And uh, they're just getting in the water at this spot. It's like a murky day. It's like really muddy, they call it. You know, they don't have a lot, ton of visibility. And on the edge of his visibility, he just sees this surface. And the thing starts to roll over, and he sees a mouth and a big fucking black guy. You know, those things. Get the fuck and, out uh, of there. Yeah, it's right under him. And it's just cruising on its side, right, with that grin. that like fucking shark. It's just looking up at him on its side, just like cruising. So he yells white shark, and he gets back down on it. And, you know, he's, he's at the surface. He's at the top of his head, you know, snorkeling. This thing's under him, and he's got his uh, spear gun pointed down at the shark, and it, it fucking turns and charges him. He pulls the trigger, and he thinks he, he his initial thought is, like, I, I shot too soon. I'm done. Like, I did this wait. The thing, the spear doesn't even get all the way out of the gun. It just rams into the gun, and those things are fucking fast for how big they are. They both come all the way out of the water, and the gun keeps him... It's on his shoulder, going down between his legs, and it keeps him away from the mouth of the shark, and they both go all the way out of the water like a pole ball. He comes down on the side of the thing, and it takes off with the gun, and uh, this guy, Tom Blanford, is like this Schwarzenegger-sized LAPD motherfucker. Um, he's a cop, the buddy of my dad that he dived with, jumps into the water with no gun, like straight hero shit, just fucking swims over to him, grabs him, like military style, like arm in arm, kicks him back to the boat. You know, the old man's in shock. shit, dude. Yeah, and they get in the boat, and that was it. He went diving the next day. He said uh, he didn't get in the water the next day. He never would have dove again. So he didn't sustain any injuries? Nah, shark that big, man. Uh, first of all, like, to quote him, he said, an animal that big makes all the decisions. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> such a badass. Um, he is but, an uh, action no, man. He, he, no, he, he, you get bit by a shark that big out there. Probably ain't making it because it's not, especially full force like that. Like it's gonna get some sort of artery. You know, the, the mouth is gonna cover your whole, you know, your whole do- torso. So the the odds of it not puncturing something out there. They don't. They don't even like to eat you usually. You know. Yeah. Um. 
Well, that said, he had a buddy get eaten out there in Staten Island. <laughs> since then. So, That's sorry. Sorry, I don't mean to laugh. Sorry. No, I know it's fucked up. Cause I'm not. I'm not gonna say his name. But, you, uh, the way you set that up, though. The guy I remember talking to before the dive trip and shit. Like, and the dude got eaten by a shark. Like, how fucked up is that? Yeah, you don't have and to worry about gnarly. that. Those guys are gnarly. I don't do it. I fucking die. Like, the last time I went out diving with my parents, um. They went on a night dive, and my mom had, like, a panic attack. Because you go out in the night, and you can't see anything but the beam of your flashlight. Even if it's clear. Like, you can't see anything. There's no, like, it's not like it lights up a room. There's Terrifying. no fucking beam. Terrifying. And then stuff, like, rubs against you. Like, like a fish will run into you, or whatever it is. You don't know, and you go to look, and it's fucking gone. You have to look at bubbles, because you get disoriented. You don't know which way is up. Shit's fucking, it's all, I don't, there's no fucking way. Ira, Ira, the ocean. They usually use tanks. The ocean. You know, because they go for lobster and shit. The ocean is fucking terrifying to me. You're talking to a man. This whole time you're telling me this shark story, I'm like, almost shit in my pants. I, I've. It's infinite, dude. It's fucking crazy. It's just fucking, we don't know anything about it, dude. That's, that's not the scary. It's powerful, too. Especially for someone who can, I can really only doggy paddle. So, like. I was, I swear to God, I could, and I get so nervous, like, I don't even like to go out over my head, I, I have, I've tried surfing and shit, it's fun, but, like, I'm so terrified by the ocean, and what, your parents, both your parents do that, holy shit. Yeah. Not so much anymore, my dad's got sinus problems now, you know, he's, he's in his 70s, but, like, um, last year for his birthday, he went out to Colorado, and he fucking, like, had a lifetime, he hunts too, you know, nice. um. And, and for any anti-hunters out there, whatever, real quick, I'll just say that he's like always taught me to respect life. You know, you, you like learn how to use a rifle to, to, to inflict a, a quick, clean death. You know what I mean? Like the art is to stone the animal. It's, it never knows what hits it. Yeah. And they use everything and, and, you know, we eat everything. He brings an elk home and we have a fridge a freezer full of meat for a year, you know? And, and there's uh, population so, control, too. Like, they wouldn't give out tags if they couldn't, you know? Like, Well, people would trip out, like, like, like saying, like, deer hunters or fucking assholes or whatever. Like, more deer freeze to death, starve to death out in the wilderness than hunters kill every year, To I mean, to this day. So, it's, you know, it's, let's calm down a little bit. But, um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I get, like, like it's not like he's out, he's not going to Africa and shooting fucking, you know, like, endangered animals like Trump's kids. The last rhino on the planet, he's out there just murking it. Yeah, fucking assholes. <laughs> Why, Trump's kids but, um, do that shit? Son of a bitch. Oh, yeah, yeah, they're all over that shit. Google that shit. Those fucking assholes are fucking killing all sorts of, and they're probably fucking have trackers setting them up, too. Careful, it's, it's careful assholes. what you say. They might be the next presidents. Relax. Yeah, fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I love. That's up. why I love you. <laughs> yeah, All I right. mean, you know what? The one good thing about a Trump presidency is punk rock would get really good. I've been talking about that a lot. Like, yeah, punk rock would get sick. We haven't had good punk in a long, long time. <laughs> maybe, maybe hip hop, maybe rap will get violent again. That'd be like the nineties. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> rap too. You know, hip hop, hip hop would. That would be sick. All right, Christian hardcore bands covered. <laughs> God, yeah, that was fucking. Oh my god. <laughs> I was watching videos today of you just to do my little research. I was like, you know, I'm going to go see what's out, out there on the web, dude. Dude, I watched two games of skate, first of all, Ira. I see you versus James Craig. I'm like, no way in hell. Is oh, the border shit, dude. They, yeah. that was, those guys let me have this. No, no way. I watched both those games. The first one, I'm like, James Craig? No way he's beating James Craig. No way in hell. Somehow you fucking pulled this off. I don't even know how you pulled that off. It worked. And then I see John Rattray after this. I'm like, 
No way he beats Rattray. Like, Rattray's been pro, <laughs> like, has an ill molly flip. Incidentally, one of my favorite skateboarders of all time. I was so fucking nervous. You, and he was skating a zip singer, too. Oh. He wasn't even skating a normal setup, you know? I mean, and he rips on anything, but, like, again, like, these guys, he's, Rattray's heart wasn't in it. Like, he wasn't trying to fucking smoke me. I was going for the fucking, fe- I was swinging for the fences, you know? Oh, you, you surprised everyone in the room. They didn't think it would go that far, for sure. <laughs> oh, I landed that back. If you watch that rat trade game, uh, like, which, like, like, you know, it's nobody has. But if you go back and you find Ira Ingram versus John Rattray, that big spin is the only big spin I've ever landed in my entire life in that game. Oh, he, I, you see how shocked I get? I'm he, just like, I fucking can't do the backside regular big spins. Switch front big spin. I got those. You know, all the fakey, whatever. In fairness. In fairness, Amazing. he in fairness he crop dusted his. He got really lazy with it. He didn't put any pop in it. I'm calling that shit out right now. Well, he was on a zip singer, he was on like a cruiser. He was fucking. That's crazy. I had no idea you had a handicap. I didn't realize he was on a zip singer the whole time. <laughs> yeah, I I, I kind of had a handicap. I don't know if it's a handicap. I drank a tall can for every game that I played. Well, you're 262, so like that's a bit of a handicap. Like you shouldn't be able to do the tricks you can do. I was like, how the fuck is he big spin flipping? It's insane. Like really good too <laughs> oh thanks man. yeah it's, it's, I still got some the fancy heel flip sex change I just know how hard I know how hard it is I brought that up Dude, when you're bigger, it's harder to do that shit. I can tell. Like I watch Ramsey skate, and not like it's harder. It's like a lot more dangerous. Well, I feel like I got like I feel like I got comfortable on the skateboard younger, and you know when I was like in shape and shit, obviously. <laughs> so I just never stopped skating. I mean, like I put on weight, but it never like there wasn't a phase. I mean, a couple like uh, one leg break aside, that was kind of bad. I never really stopped skating, so. I'm pretty used to did skating you, how I am, you know, so I just kind of, yeah, it didn't really ever have an effect. Did you do it skating, the leg? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. What's I was it? trying to all this shit in front of my house, and I got a spiral fracture to my fibia and tibia and shattered my growth plate. Oh. So my heel was pointing forward, and my toes were pointing, like, back left. It's my left leg. So I turned it around, and I rolled over on it, and it popped in. And then I didn't know, like, how bones work. <laughs> so I don't either. <laughs> this, I went to this clinic and this dude's like, "You gotta go see an orthopedic surgeon, my man." And I was just kind of like, I was a kid. Uh, this is high school, as junior, I think, and uh, sophomore, and uh, broke the shit out of it and uh, waited like ten days to make an orthopedic surgeon uh, appointment. You know, just like he says, I should go see one. I don't know. And uh, so we go, and they're like, "Yeah, this is fuck." gonna re-break everything like this thing is like, like in pieces like what are you doing so they rebroke it and that was like the worst night of my like the worst pain i ever felt i never like been nauseous for pain like it was just fucking so much worse than actually breaking it how just long? wake up from something and they just like, shattered it i don't know how long's the re- rehab on that one it was months dude i don't know that was long i felt like i didn't skate i think i was in a cast for like abnormally long if it was like three months or four months or something like that yeah it was a long time i actually had multiple casts on the leg they kept cutting them off and putting new ones on and then uh and then it was and then the rehab was long too when i was rehabbing my leg skate nerd story okay so if you've ever seen shit the big brother video of course during the credits okay so during the credits uh ed something and jeff raleigh and another fella whose name i don't know all knows blunt this bench yeah mace of you Mesa View in Huntington Beach, all right? The elementary school is super hot. People skate at the table gap. People skate at the ledges. 
the manual pad up front. So we, we show up, and I can't skate yet. My leg is, like, bone thin. I just got this cast off, and I'm all bummed. But I'm Jones, and so I just go out with my buddies, and they're all skating. And we show up that day. There's, like, three filmers. Muska's there. Krieger's there. <laughs> fucking Penny's there. Templeton's there. Raleigh's there. Fucking, like, Brad Hayes. Like, all these fucking dudes are just shredding. And I was just, like, I just got to see the street demo. And all these dudes filming. And I saw him film the three nose blunts. Penny was trying some shit. And he was drinking, like, uh, like a, a 22, a Heineken, smoking a spliff by himself, and trying, like, I want to say it was, like, full cab back lip across. It was, like, full cab back lip across the thing, and he's hanging up and, like, slamming on his elbow, and it's just getting huge. I remember Templeton was saying that, like, making jokes that it had a pulse and he could see it growing in his elbow. <laughs> yes. And I was just, like, total fly on the wall, like, skating and shit. I was just in heaven. And then uh, Penny changed his board and gave me his board. No way. You yeah, fucking bastard. I couldn't understand a fucking word he said to me. He, like, in between the accent, and he was, like, drinking a little bit, and I just was, like, shocked, and I, like, just was looking at him, he's holding the board out, and he was just laughing at me, like, fucking take the board, kid, and I got it, and I skated that thing and broke it, I don't have it anymore. Ah, Should have set it aside, but, you know, when you're a broke kid, skate everything. Yeah, I don't say, I, now I have a room full of shit, but I didn't save anything, really, either. Gnarly, that's That was, like, that was the best. Anyway, that... Better than the lake break. Yo, those guys are all legendary. That's fucking insane. That's like it was a, such a cool day. Such a cool day to see. Most classic musket too. You know the fucking beating with the bill, the 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 fucking wife beater, the cargoes, the whole like to the nine. Like it was like fucking sick. Legendary. Yeah. All right. So you smoked John Rattray. You smoked James Craig. People are. I don't know about smoked. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I watched the game. I'll contest. He smoked him. That's what I'm saying. Um. <laughs> I wanted to ask you about, like, uh, a little bit more Rockfire about... Rockfire was the final game, too. Rockfire is a fucking beast. Oh, you know what? I saw it was a bracket thing, and uh, yeah. I couldn't find the Rothmire one. But he's oh, nice? Really? Yeah. That was the championship. No shit. I'm going to have to Google that tonight. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. No spoiler alert. Save this one. Okay. I have no idea. Sure. About to find out. Really? Okay. Yeah. Cool. Don't say anything. I'm going to watch it later. Yeah. <laughs> um, I want to talk about... Um, you're working like with Tampa right now, right? You're doing yeah. stuff with Tampa and it's... Fly, fly to Tampa in the morning. Uh, work on the live broadcast for Tampa and Tampa Pro every year. Yeah, and that's and it's affiliated with Street League now as well, right? Because how are they affiliated? I don't, not really sure. Okay, so there, well, there's a couple things now. Um, so, so Street League is you know they're creating like a global qualifying system, and so what they've done is. There's a couple ways into Street League through Tampa. Which oh, is that's rad. what it is. Yeah, that so, makes sense. So if you win Tampa Am or you get Damn Am of the Year through the Damn Am series, you're automatically into Pro. Um, so if you win Tampa Am or you get Damn Am, those are you're in the Pro Open. You know, it's like up to you nice. get that shot. It's pretty fucking pretty rad. And then um, if you win Tampa Pro now, you end up as like one of the select pros. For street league, crazy in there. Yeah, I yeah, was. I I just went to my first street league. Um, like a month or two back, I went with Derek Fukuhara. He actually had me. He had me try mushrooms for the first time, and then yeah, we went to street league. It's fucked up. <laughs> but no uh, way, dude. they That's put a it, fucked up environment to be on mushrooms for your first time. I was tripping out because I see like how the industry is out in California, skateboard wise, compared to the East Coast, like development wise. And, like, I'm walking around this stadium that's built for, like, it was built for a sports team, like, 30,000, 60,000 people or whatever it is in the stadium, 
and I'm looking at all these skateboarders and people that love skateboarding culture. They're just a line around the building. And then, like, when we got in there, like, I, I've done do tours and stuff, so I've seen it before. But this was just something different. And I'm like, I get in there, and the stadium's packed. It felt like a basketball game. I felt like I was... Yeah. It was insane, and I was like, and I'm looking around, and I can tell, like, not everyone's a skater, but you can tell, like, they grew up, like, in high school where skating was part of the culture, and they were fans of, like, pro skateboarders because they, they watch it like a sport, kind of, you know? Like, they might not have skated, but they're like, I was like, this is where, like, this is where it's grown to, like, as far as this side of skateboarding. There's many sides of skateboarding, but just to see that side get to that point, it made me really think about it. I was like... Whoa, kids in California, some of them are growing up almost like sports stars like because they're so good, you know, and they, and it's embraced, and the community embraces it like it's just part of it. It's insane to me. It tripped me out. I was on mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it is. No, that's what, you, yeah, you, you were, I can't understand why you were feeling the vibes, you know? Yeah, it was insane to um, me. Psilocybin will do that. That's like, <laughs> but that's, that's the, the beauty of it. And if you haven't tried it. You should. Yeah. I wasn't mad um, at it at all. Yeah. Five dried grams. I think maybe not the first time, but everyone should at some point in life, like the Terrence McKenna philosophy, eat five dried grams of mushrooms and just fucking really, you know, go and see see a real god. Yeah, test your test your ability to to, to like stay sane and be comfortable. <laughs> like I like to freak yeah. out like every once in a while because I hate being too comfortable. Like I hate routine, like if I, I would be sucking an office job or something, I always have to be moving. Like I, like even today, I was like working at, at in this warehouse and I'm like catching clothes and stuff. But I'm like doing jumping jacks because I'm just like I can't fucking even just standing in the same spots drive me crazy. Like so like and then my mental. I know I've been on a trip. We've been on a trip together. <laughs> oh, We're then you know. I know. I know how you operate. Super crazy. <laughs> I think the trip we went on together, like everyone got hurt. But you and it was you were just stacking like fucking like I don't even remember. Forgive like me, what trip? What trip was this? Forgive me for not remembering. What trip? Oh was no, it? no, it was uh, it was uh, Texas. With, we was with Chris Ortiz, and I was filming with Texas and Louisiana. Yeah, that was World Industries. Lafayette with Charlie Thomas and shit. Yeah, that um, was Charlie's so good. The, the gumbo, his Charlie. his parents hooked it up. Yeah, yeah, we had gumbo <laughs> in his parents' house and mud bugs. <laughs> everyone passed out his parents like gave us all gumbo and then everyone's sleeping oh. on the floor like we got drugged basically dude yeah that was fucking we had shrimp poor boys the best thing about going on a trip with Ortiz is you hit the fucking he knows where all the best food spots are near all the skate spots oh, it's all lined it's all planned out so that you go okay spot spot food Spot, spot, cupcake, spot, spot, food. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that's how he. That's how he planned the skate day. It, it was always awesome. So sick. We'd end yeah, up with like red velvet. He's a, He's a fucking OG. He is four in one day. Speaking of the devil, right? Yes, sir. <laughs> that's all. So, yeah, back. Just to go back to what we were talking about, though, with the street league. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Is it? Have you ever lived anywhere else besides out there? Besides Los Angeles? Yeah, like California. California, no, I never, I mean, I travel all over the world and all over the country, you know, and yeah. um, I'm super lucky to have been able to see that, but I just, I've, I don't know, I, I love California. I, I, I want to live somewhere else, but it just hasn't been like, especially for what I do for a lot of the production stuff, you know, a lot of what I do is not, is not skateboarding, yeah. um, and it, it just, I gotta be in LA, you know, and I haven't made it to the point where I can leave and, you know, fly myself in yet, but hopefully one day. It's fun. I, all my family's out here. All my wife's family's out here. It's hard. We're like within an hour from everybody, you know. So 
So it's hard to beat that. As far as like the skateboard industry though, like growing up, was it oh, yeah. was it always like people were involved? Like re- that's oh, like the mecca, right? Like, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. How, um, how developed has it been forever? Because like to me, going to see those street leagues, I was like, holy shit, I've never seen it like this sunk into something before. Like the culture. Yeah. They're really fucking. I mean, they're really dialed in. You know. Um, I, I think that it, it's it's a huge part of the culture out here. Like I said, like. Vision Psychoscape was my first skate video, right? Like, Mark Gonzalez is in there, and Gator's in there, and a bunch of rap dudes. That, I got that from my elementary school book sale. Oh, nice. Like, it was a random VHS, and I was like, we'll pick something out, and I picked out this fucking skate video. I was like, that's crazy. this isn't a book. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. That's when I got it. The Descendants were in that, and, like, the first time I seen the Gone skate, like, it was, it was insane. And, and then, um... So, yeah, it's more ingrained in the culture out here, for sure. Like, that was just allowed. And then, you know, like I said, everyone in my neighborhood started skating, and it was, like, full-on fad shit. And, you know, I learned, I remember learning how to ollie up a curb, and it was like, that's it. And then there's other skaters, and, you know. Um, then once I, we had to, like, it wasn't so, like, now there's parks everywhere, and it's such a part of the culture. But, like... It was Huntington Park was it. Like, we would take a bus to Huntington Park super early on the weekends. And then when my friends would drive, you know, like the one dude, we'd jump in his car, we'd all go super early and just try to skate out in Huntington Beach all day. Like, that felt like the center of it to us. L.A. was a little far. We went to San Diego a couple times. Yeah. But it was, you know, we'd we'd go there and you'd see Jeff Raleigh and Ed Templeton and you'd see, like, uh, Willie Santos and fucking Jim Greco and, like, you know, all these dudes skating this little park that's, like, the size of my living room in my apartment, you know? There's this tiny fucking thing. There's this little fishbowl, like, circle of a park. Oh, uh, it was little, sick. It was you know, sick. It's that, not there, yeah. though. Did you get to skate at Huntington Park? Did you ever skate it? Yeah, back in the day when I rode for Birdhouse, yes. I went there a few times. Yes. And then cool. I was just out in Cali, like, a month or two ago when I was doing mushrooms at Street Leaf. And <laughs> yeah. uh, someone told me that that park wasn't there anymore. Yeah, it's gone. Bummer. They built the vans built the park though. It's pretty good. That, that's I good. It, but it looks nice. That place was like iconic though, because like Ed Templeton doing oh. nose blunts on that steep ass like over the rail and shit. Like yeah, dude, the shit he used to do on those banks. They're like these <laughs> little China banks, dude. They were like pretty much walls, you know. Like especially in the little center, uh, just like a little center cradle kind. Of, I don't know. They were tiny, but like. He would blast shit, and it was so fucking cool. And those are all in four and ones and stuff, like going, bringing a full circle. Like it was, I grew yeah. up watching the four and ones, because like where I grew up, dude, we didn't have like skating was like there was like one dude. I learned how to skate in New Hampshire, and it was like one dude like got into skating and got another dude into skating, and then I got into skating because those two dudes, and that was it. There's no skating anywhere. Yeah. It's like trips me out, but uh. We had all the four on ones in the winter. So we had all the four on ones in the winter because winter would hit, and then we just like watch those four on ones and trip out. Loved it. That's sick. Now there's kids who like found out about skating because of video games. Like how crazy is that? Like imagine a kid who hasn't even had a skate video, he gets like Skate Three or whatever, you know, and then like that's how he discovers skateboarding, and they become fans. Those are some of the kids you see in the street league. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. They haven't even skated themselves, you know? Like, might not even have friends who skate, and they, they're fans of it. Like, that's pretty cool, you know? I hope it leads to more kids starting to skate for themselves, you know? Yeah, I feel like the like uh, the pie of skateboarding has kind of always been the, like, the same, you know? Like, there's a big circle, and there's all different people that get into skating for different reasons. So people will get into it because it's competitive or because they like watching it. And some people are core and like, the artistic side of it, or some people just like the film, whatever, you know? Like... 
I don't know. It can all coexist. I feel that way. Like, I'm not mad at yeah. any of it. I want skateboarding everywhere. Like, I wouldn't be mad. Like, if I, when I was a little kid and I was in school, like, that was our dream. That was my dream. I'm like, I'm like, imagine if we could go to skateboarding class instead of gym class. Like, how sick would that be? I still feel that yeah. way. <laughs> now you got, like, you got Wendell's, you know, up in, uh, up in Portland. That's a reality. There's schools. There's schools in, in Malmo, Sweden. There's mm-hmm. a school, um, I can't pronounce the name of the school. But they like that's their physical curriculum is skateboarding for the whole school. Sick. Like based around that. Dude, imagine if yeah. you could go to that school. You just, fuck. It's so yeah. sick. Send your kid move to Portland and send your kids to Wendell's for Oregon. <laughs> nice. And is weed legal there? Well yeah, Oregon I think so. I mean pretty much. I don't know if it is. Never had a problem. Nice. You almost in Oregon. just I thought you were describing paradise. Yes, it's weeds legal and there's skateboarding in the schools. Genius. And it's more strip clubs per capita than, than like any other part of the country, I believe. It's a little seedy. That's fine. We'll deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I wanted I wanted to bring up the fucking Tampa Pro this last year. I was there and I tried to skate in the team manager contest and they disqualified me. Um yeah, you're too good for that shit. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm complimented. It was a compliment for sure, but I still just wanted to skate that one and not the pro. <laughs> that one's way funny. <laughs> but regardless of all that bullshit, yeah. I saw well, you. You, know, you put on a couple pounds, dude. You know, you put on a couple pounds. I'm a little chubby. Like, you into that bad boy. Um, <laughs> I got second one year. Speaking of Charlie Thomas, he fucking took me out like the one year I could have won that shit. Damn, I wish Charlie was there this year. That would have been so sick. Charlie should Charlie had had like a board a year before too. He should have been disqualified. I know. You know I, I know. That, that was my year. I st- I consider and, and you know. Like, oh, you're Shane bitter. Agrees. You're bitter. A lot of people agree with me. I pretty much won that year. Right. <laughs> Sorry, Charlie. So bitter. Let it go, Ira. He's the champ. That's the only thing. That was fucking. That was my one chance, man. I landed the line. You know, that's like all I got. Yeah, but this year, dude, I looked I love over. Charlie. I'm totally joking. Of course, of course. That's fine. No, he kicked my ass. It's and he'd actually fun. skated that while he had a pro board before too, and I think he might have won. Yeah. And, I don't know. Yeah. But um, nah, he's he rips, dude. He's the best. He was. He got some of the best footage on our World Industries trip. Dude. The team manager was like you and him. I love it. all like that rail into that brick bank. That was fun. Hell yeah. Texas, Texas. Yeah, Charlie yeah. always killed it. Charlie's team manager, but Charlie never like stopped on the skating. He got buck. He was still turning. He learned fucking 540s at uh, 38 or something like that. Like, that's so gnarly, you know? Um, yeah. But yeah, I wanted to... What the fuck was it? Hold on. Oh, I wanted to talk about how you were... I looked over at the Tampa Pro after getting disqualified... And you were fucking like, you came up to me like, what up, man? And you like, had blood running down your head. What happened? I didn't get to find out. <laughs> man, you were like oh, yeah, skating in the contest, head. bleeding with like, it was all over you. <laughs> it's fucking real. You were the hardest um, dude out there. No, I, well, you know, I was like, I'm, uh, I'm working on the live broadcast and there's a lot, there's a lot to it. You know, there's a lot of moving parts and you kind of just have to be around. So... Because, you know, live production, there's always little fires you got to put out. Yeah. It's like, you know, you get set, and you get ready, and then there's like, you know, little issues that come up. So it's just good to to be back with, with the crew getting ready for the show. I mean, the day before, two days before, you know. And so that, that the team manager contest happens fucking, you know, it's it's during the contest. So I'm getting ready, you know, the next day we're live, it's a hectic day, so I don't really, when I was on camera, that's when I did good, right, because you're just standing around waiting to rehearse, you know, you're fine, like, you don't got shit on your mind, you're not, like, sitting down fucking typing or working in spreadsheets or whatever, like, 
it, it, it's just a different deal. So I get up and I go out there and I'm, and I'm not in great shape. So <laughs> I go straight to trying to just skate. You know what I mean? Like I'm like, I'm trying to warm up. I've, I've waited till it's like a couple of heats from my heat. I get out there. And, you know, I like the year before, we always skate after the contest that night with the whole crew. Our crew at Auxiliary Channel, um, which is the broadcast company that I work for, that actually is going to have the satellite truck out there. And, you know, we do the whole broadcast or whatever, produce the whole thing for Street League, um, with Street League and with Skate Park Tampa. Um, those guys all skate and surf, and they're all super rad. So um, we all have a session Every every year, once the contest is over, the year before I was kick flipping the stairs like every try. It's in my head like I fucking I gotta get I gotta kick flip the stairs in my run. You know what I mean? It's a little like six stair or whatever, but they're like low steps. You don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So this is only one set of stairs. So um, I go out there and I like go to kick flip and I'm a little stiff and it doesn't work and I like go down and I'm like oh shit I kind of hurt and so I uh, I, I hunker down and go to kick flip again and my front foot like just misses or I pull it or whatever and I just shot my board into my nose and my forehead motherfucker <sighs> broke my nose and like scraped my forehead right here it's in the little thing so I'm bleeding out of both nostrils and like never broke my nose before you, you could tell right away and then uh like I like looked down at the floor right away and there's like a drop of blood and I was like that's quick for for blood <laughs> <laughs> I so, know this <laughs> so I got myself pretty good yeah and then um uh, yeah, it's in the the little recap video or whatever over. You just like killing. I was just like, holy shit, this guy's bleeding out his face, <laughs> but he's still shredding. It got me hyped. I was like, well, now I got to get back in somehow. <laughs> yeah, the, the best warm up is a good slam, right? Oh you yeah. Know, Every time after that, you're kind of cool. Yeah, I call them warm ups. You take a hard slam in the beginning. It's called your warm up, and then you just know you're like that's your limit. Okay, I can handle that. Yeah, right that's, that's your cup of coffee right there. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Well, um, oh, the last thing I want to talk about, if you don't mind. You still got time? Yeah, no, I'm here. All right, my bub. Uh, I want to talk about the Sun Machine video, dude. You Did you oh, film cool. Did you film the majority of that? Uh, I filmed pretty much all of Dan Knapp's part. Um, a lot of Jordan's, Eric Clavel came in and helped film Jordan's part while I was editing. Um, you know, I, I filmed a substantial amount of it, but there's a lot of other dudes who who came through uh, and helped us out. Uh, Hoops helped us out a bunch at the end. And, uh, oh, man, I don't want to forget anybody. That's all right. A drinks now. <laughs> bunch, of, bunch of dudes helped out. But, yeah, I, I uh, you know, I tried to shoot most of the B-roll of the guys and, um, and you know, trying to be there for the bangers. I was on all the trips and all that stuff. So Did you edit it as well? I did cut it, yeah. I cut it and I, like, directed it, I guess, whatever. How, how long did you I guys... Hired Coco Freak Bean, um, from the guy who did all that crazy, like, acid trip animation. It's yeah, like that stuff was crazy. I saw stuff. that. He's amazing. So, uh, him, I, that was through the Adult Swim connect, connection. He had done some bumpers for Adult Swim, and I was just, like, in love with this shit. Like, blew me away, and then hired him to do all that. So, yeah, that was all. I kind of got to put it together. How long did you guys work on the video for? Uh, I think it was two years. Uh, on and off, I always, like, was working other jobs, you know, work out, uh, smaller skater owned deal you know what i mean so like i was never really uh you know i'm like on like payroll or anything they're just all my homies on the team like uh put zane on and jordan is a great friend and norman um, and uh, dan knapp and ryan alvaro like those guys are blood um you know paul flores so 
yeah, it was it was just like side project, you know, forever. It mm. was a, but it was fun. It was a good run. We went like that. I'd like save up and work a bunch of jobs, like production jobs, and then I'd have money and then I'd just go on like a filming binge with those guys and go on scripts. Like come back and be like, fuck, I gotta make some money. I'm like, it was fun. So that's it. Took a while to get it done because of that, you know. And uh, Dan and Norman had some pretty bad injuries, uh, a couple surgeries. Uh, it was it was crazy. It's sick that you guys you guys uh, took the effort to film a full length video. It's like, oh, it's one of my favorite things in skateboarding. Do you think they're in jeopardy or what? Yeah, I mean, I think that the. I don't know, like a lot of rad independent videos are going on out there, you know. Um, um, I think there's a lot of cool stuff out there still. I think it's harder. The videos don't sell anymore. They don't like make money anymore. They're like marketing expenses for brands. So, but as long as you got like, you know, rad dudes out there making videos, um, and there's plenty of them. Uh, I don't know. I feel I feel good about it. It's just changed, you know. Yeah. Everything's just changing. It's just like the camera's just different. It's like you're gonna see more single parts on websites, which kind of sucks. But you know, like even that um that element video that came out, it was like their little video they're putting out before the video. Yeah. That was so sick, and they got a, like a full video coming out. Really. Dude, I'm I'm really excited to see that. Like uh, Evan Smith and you know, that whole team, like that. Chris Colburn is like a good friend who lives out here down the street. Another Vermont kid. Yeah. He's good friends with Jordan, so we skate a lot. Um, uh, he's that kid's gonna fucking blow some people's minds. He's so rad. So I'm, I'm excited. I'm still. I think they're still out there. You know, I'm like, um, you know that kid Zane Timpson has been Sun Machine. He's filmed two video parts with homies for videos since Sun Machine. So uh, he just has a he's a part on the skateboard mag right now. A video called uh, A Wasted. Nice name. Um, and that shit's heavy. His parts. I've only seen his part, but it's you know it's fucking I, rad. So I only asked. I think skateboarding's cool. Yeah, I do too. I only asked about the full length video because we just put out our second like team video like full length for like what a full length is nowadays. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. But we worked on it for like two years. You know, we went to California for two weeks. We went down to Atlanta for a couple weeks. We filmed all over New York, Boston, Providence, like and. uh I don't know. My theory is like, if people want full length videos to be around, they'll still be around, and I think people still love them. They might just not be like that. Might just not be the standard, but maybe they'll be more like treats, you know? Because people will actually focus on it and do that. I don't know. It doesn't have to all be about like every day, every day. We need something like it can be, but like I don't know. It's cool when people save and stack. It's cool to like know it's coming sometimes, you know? Yeah, I mean, there's nothing like... And when a bunch of people do that together... ...of a video. Yeah. Or, you know, like, especially like, like you know, like the America video that just came out, like... So sick. You're, you're, you're waiting on, you know, all these classic dudes to put parts out there. So, like, and just, just you know, it's going to be, you know, you, you got that lineup. There's nothing like the anticipation of waiting to see it. And, I mean, fucking, I think I downloaded it on, like, Amazon or some shit. Like, I saw it on Amazon and was like, oh, cool, I can just buy the video right here. And then it's just stuck in my... I mean, I, I was... I think it's great that it's evolving. You know, you still see the little videos online for free or whatever. You can find them. You can order them. John, Min John Miner should have gotten an award. That guy is so good at filming and editing. That guy crushes oh, it, all those videos. I love the purest videos. I'm a big fan. You know, <laughs> it's, it's rad. It's like just really great cinematography... Really good music, 
just skating. You know, like the B-roll is pretty minimal, but it's like interesting. It's like it's that, that like kind of melodic, long exposure stuff he does of everybody pushing is great. Like they just have a great. It's fucking so. Yeah, it's perfect. It's classic. Yeah. Um. The reason why I'm asking about all this is because like we just put out a full length and I'm about to throw some on DVDs yeah. too. <laughs> I'm going yeah, backwards. I, know. I, was giving, I was giving people DVDs like you, and they're like, well, I don't got a DVD player. I'm like, fucking great. All right, cool. I'm going to... Watch the part on this site and then this site. And this, this part's on this site. So you have to give somebody, like, a digital map now to find the video online. Yeah, I'm going to... We're gonna we're working on making some DVDs for our new video, In the Trenches, and we're going to put them in with the boards, I think. Because I think it'd be cool. Like, you get a board yeah. and you get the new video. You might have to find a DVD player. I don't know. How, if people still have them, I think, so... <laughs> but either yeah, way, it's I mean, like something... Doing that with Submachine, you know what I mean? Like, we, you know, they got a lot of, like, views online, but, like, you know, you don't sell... We didn't sell, I don't think, hardly yeah. any, you know? Yeah, that just tangible, something cool to get, like to be able to produce and have, and like if you can do it, why the fuck not? It's sick. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for, that was it was yeah. It's it's great to have that record. Like we we all made that together. It's it's our fucking thing, you know. And I think everyone like you know it, it kind of marks a point in time for us. It was my last thing at Warco too. I've gone, I've just gone on to straight freelance shit. So. It was a good little like it was a good little period at the end of that sentence for me, you know, for that like time of my life. I was I'm proud of it. Yeah, the video was you know, sick. I'm proud of those guys. The video was sick by the way too. I really enjoyed it. Everyone you could tell everyone was really going for it. Like they were like trying to get buck. I liked it. It was really good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was fun. Thanks, man. I can't wait to see the video. Hell yeah. Oh yeah, we're gonna well like I said, I'm gonna do some DVDs, so maybe I can send you a board, it'll be in there. <laughs> I will yeah, shrink back it with the deck. And then we'll put it online later, but I want to get out some copies just so people can have it because I've never, like, it's my first time trying to do, like, first opportunity to do this, so I'm going for it. Put it in with the boards. Yeah. Um, what's up with that? <laughs> what's that on your wall? Is that a cowboy hat and a gun? Is it a real gun? I, no, that's just a BB gun. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> that's, you know, Brendan Klein. Um, yeah. He's down in San Diego, a photographer. So I got that BB gun right there. I was in his wedding. I was in one of his groups, and then, uh, Oh shit! You paused me, son. Some, no, I hit some button. Yeah, you paused. Where the fuck? We're back. There it is. All right, you good? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I was in. I was a groomsman at Brendan Klein's um, wedding down in San Diego, and uh, that's what all the groomsmen got was a little little bottle of tequila and a fucking BB gun. Sick Red Rider. <laughs> Sick. <laughs> and then that, you know, you know, uh, this is an Amish hat that my wife. I brought my wife to Woodward East last nice. year. Nice. She got me like a. Fucking traditional Amish dude's hat, like like someone weaved that, someone from made the that. Amish. Yeah, and yeah. that is, I think I just got it on a road trip. I don't know. I always buy stupid hats. I probably was in a stupid hat every day of that world industry trip we were on. I love buying like truck stop hats. I, I like I'll spend my per diem on dumb shit. <laughs> I know that guy. Like you know what I mean? It's partying and fucking stupid hats from like a loves. Yeah, I love that too. I'll get a dumb hat for sure. I'll even get a do rag at a gas station do rag all day, dude, mm-hmm. just for laughs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. Yeah, they got they got the ones with fake hair. <laughs> it's always fun. You know what I mean? You get all all sorts of those. Your look, ones. Yeah. Your, your look at me was like, uh huh. I've been down the do rag road a few times. <laughs> Trust me, I once had extensions and cornrows put in to dress up as R. Kelly at a uh, a buddy's. Costume party. It's pretty funny. <laughs> you looked good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I, you have to like 
like just real quick. So I got this idea, like I got long enough hair, I could probably get extensions. And I got really curly hair. It's like thrown anyway. It's like John C. Riley's hair. Like that's like what I got. You know what I mean? <laughs> nice. Um, so, um, I found this chick that worked at like a beauty school in El Toro and she's this like older black lady and she's a sweetheart. She was, she's gnarly. She had a scar across her neck. She's like Whoa. a teacher at this like really low budge beauty school for these chicks. And I came in, I was like, look, I need to get extensions and cornrows for this costume. <laughs> it's next weekend. You know what I mean? What's it going to run you with? She's like, look, sugar, like I can do it tomorrow. So I had to walk around with cornrows and extensions. Like it's totally not me. Anyone knows me. And for a week, because that was the only time I could get someone to do it. So I just came in, and she did this shit, and it was awful. So you got to wear a do-rag to protect that shit. Yeah. So I legitimately had to buy do-rags to protect my, my cornrows. <laughs> None of that sounded ridiculous at all. None of it. Cool. Good. <laughs> did she really call you sugar, or did you add Yeah, 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 yeah. No, she was sweet. She was sweet. But she had a gnarly scar on her neck. I didn't have the balls to ask her what happened. Oh, that's what I would ask for sure. This lady's a tr- yeah, she was cool though. She was great. That, that would have been the first thing I asked. I would have walked in like, "Hey, whoa, what happened?" And then we would have got into that right away for sure. Yeah. What the fuck happened to your neck? <laughs> um, I also wanted to talk about um, you fit. Did you make an edit of your wedding? <laughs> yeah, uh, we is my wife's idea. Sick idea already. So, yeah, so we in, in we live in South Pasadena and we live across the street from this really old theater called the Rialto. It's like a landmark LA theater, like classic old marquee. And it's like real threadbare, like falling apart. Um, and she got the idea that she wanted to get married there. And then we do a small wedding and film it. And, um, then we would, uh, show it at the theater to like a big group of our friends and family, you know, and do like a red carpet thing and then have a party and a reception afterwards. And so that's what we did. And uh, I was lucky. Again, it was like Kirk on bourbon because we're drinking beer. So, <laughs> um, so Kirk Ganda and and Winko and Doug Yevonson dog shot all the film time lapse for the on video intros. He's a fucking like genius. Shot yeah. on sixteen millimeter. That shit's amazing. Um, that's why I loved on video yeah. was because of those uh, shots. Those intros, dude. Mixed in yeah, with the and, skating and shit was so awesome. It like And that goes back to the documentary I talked about, like Coy and Scotty. That's one of the things those guys showed me. It's like all time lapse and just amazing footage of the earth and humans impact on the earth. Koyana Scotty. Yes. Yes, I'm yes, yes. Please no, that's um, fine. But, so anyway, uh, but yeah, so Doug shot like just this amazing stuff like that, like for the on video thing. So these guys, uh they're all my friends and they had you know, I loved on video like like everybody else in skateboarding at the time. They were like I just pulled in the homie favor and asked them all to film the thing for me. That's so uh, awesome, Ira. This is the best thing so, I've heard. It's such a good idea. It's so yeah, sick. So we got cheesy with it too. It was really fun. It was like um, we're in this park, Irvine Regional Park, with just immediate family only, and it was dressed up. And then um, was there a theme? This, like what were you dressed up as? No, we just dressed up. You know, just like you're getting married, dapper, looking beautiful, formal. Yeah, just yeah. tuxes or whatever. I don't know. I wore a, a white suit with a black shirt and a white tie. Nice. Like, uh, I, I got the idea. I think I seen, like, John Lennon's. <laughs> that's what John Lennon wore or something. Tie. Sick. I don't know. It was whatever, some shit. Um, uh, I ended up getting, like, a zoot suit on accident. Like, I didn't know what to rent. I rented this thing. Like, it was way too big and shit. <laughs> um, I don't know anything about suits. I don't either. 
Yeah, I mean, I I know more now than I did then as a kid. I got, I mean, I met my wife when I was 20, and we've been together, you know, since then. So I'm 36 now. It's been 16 years. We've been married 11 years now. Damn. So I got married, you know, I just met the right girl young, you know. No, it sounds like it sounds like everyone in your family when they get into things they go fucking deep, deep, deep in the ocean with it. <laughs> yeah, we're we're obsessive for sure. <laughs> you guys go for you know, it. When you stalk a girl long enough, she'll fucking settle down. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> she starts to weigh her options. You were telling me earlier about them swimming in the you ocean. Marry me, or I wear your skin, sweetheart. You know what I mean? What do you want? <laughs> That's, did you guys make cover, did you make cover art did you have DVDs of the wedding that would have been sick at least one uh, hold on a second I had movie posters and everything son wow that's sick what that's so sick dude what's so it say like a black exploitation poster real <laughs> guns I got the 45 there <laughs> this, this is the 45 and I get my wife got the Walter PPK legit like James Bond shit you know, there she is there we are Damn, you well, guys were. Do it. You were not playing around. That's like legitimate movie posters. Yeah. No, dude, we did. Oh yeah, go ahead. Hold on, let me try Sorry. to square it up. I'm trying to get my iPhone on this one, dude. I can't believe that. It's so sick. Best wedding poster ever. Yeah. So nice. that was in the that was in the thing outside the theater. Our names are up on the marquee and shit. You know, it was pretty cool. It's like all a lot of the older people didn't like it. Like a lot of the old people in the family. My aunt was like. Since I got to see a movie of your wedding, here's a picture of your present. <laughs> and, you know, shit like that. Like, so, like, there was a lot of, like, what the fuck was that? I wasn't good enough. It was like a Seinfeld episode. Like, there's a lot of explaining what we were thinking. But that's what we wanted to do. We didn't have much money, and we made it work. And it was it was cool. You know, everyone who was younger was pretty hyped on it. You know, I still hear a lot about it today, which is rad. And we got the DVD. We just, you know, we just had a... Uh, our anniversary on the 18th of October, nice. and uh, so we, uh, you know, you can kind of look back and go through all the photos and the video and stuff. It's pretty, it's pretty cool. I and think... actually, I ripped her fucking dress trying to get her dressed for the premiere. <laughs> I like ripped the zipper up her whole back off of the dress because <laughs> I'm just a big fucking idiot, and that's how I live my life. You're too hard on so yourself. I, like, <laughs> No, no, it's hilarious, right? Like, it's your wedding day. Like, you know, we're, we're already married because so, we really got married when we shot the video. Nice. That was the wedding day, and then the premiere was in a, like a month later. Um, but I go to for dress up, and it's like, okay, we're running late. Hurry up. And I just like tear it like tissue paper, the whole thing away. Wow. She's like crying through her makeup and shit, and like her grandma had to come sew the dress on it. It's fucking... It's, like, it's, that's that's how you know yeah that's how stuff goes for me. Hey, that's that's fine. I've been engaged. You know how long I've been engaged? I still haven't even had the courage to do it. You're not married yet. No, no. You've, been, you've been settled down since we were. Yeah, Jesus. I've been engaged for years. I haven't even actually done the wedding, but I love the idea of how you guys did it because you guys not only did you get married, but you kind of created like a piece of art, kind of like you made something. You had people film it. Like to me, because I like that. I like when people create videos and like do like that's so sick. It's such a good way. I'd rather like. When people talk about watching their wedding video, if you actually had fun and produced stuff, you had posters and you're in a theater like that. To me, that's cooler than like a standard wedding. Like, I don't oh, know. Thanks, man. Yeah, it was. Yeah, so like I said, it was the wife's idea, which she could take credit. Oh. She crushed it. Let her know. I said she crushed yeah. it. That's so sick. Cause like that's half the reason why I haven't gotten married yet. Is like 
my girl, like, she does what she, she does, like, pole dancing, and she teaches fitness, and she's, like, really into it. She just won a competition, got first place, actually. Um, no way! Yeah, crushing. She's, she loves pole dancing. It's like skating to her. Like, she's, like, gnarly. Like, right now, her shoulder's actually been bothering her. Like, she might have to have oh, surgery, Jesus. but, like, it's supposed to be, like, a minor one, so it's good. But, like, she's that into it, you know what I mean? So... And, but she likes to create video parts with pole. I, like, watch it and trip out how similar this pole, the pole girls are to skaters. Like, their mentality and, like, how hard they yeah. are on themselves at times. And it's so funny. It, but she loves it and she crushes it. And, uh, but half the reason was, like, we're both spending money on things we love. Like, she does that and travels and I spend my money on skateboarding and making skateboards and clothes and having a team. And, like... Like, and I just did, like, a standard standard wedding to me just seems boring. But, like, that seems so cool. Get someone to film the whole thing and make it a show and have fun. Seems awesome. Oh, man. My wife is making scared faces at the screen. It looks like she's saying Trump looks like he's up right now. Oh, God. You just brought the bad news in. Oh, my God. Actually, I know. It's fucking kind of crazy, though. I just looked over and saw her face, and she's like, fuck it. But honestly, but honestly, Ira, either or. It's like, that's why I think they're bluffing. Yeah. I really think they're bluffing because they gave us two horrible options. That's when you're like, they're, they're all in the same family. Like, there's no way they're bluff. They're bluffing. Like, come on. That's, that's not the best two dude people, two dudes, two female, a female dude and a male dude. Those aren't the two best yeah. ones. Those are people that are just willing to, like, deal with the fame and celebrity and power and money. Ugh. God damn. Yeah. I, don't, I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. I was more about the measures you know, that we're putting on. I don't think, like, the reality... I mean, who knows how much shit will actually change. You know, like, look at Obama as someone who was actually, I don't know, whether he was trying to get shit done or, or not. You know, he just, like, the fucking, the gridlock in Congress and stuff and just how slow everything moves. It's, it's hard to imagine that anyone actually has that much power right now. It seems like there's so much red tape to get anything done. It seems like I mean, that, it seems at like... At least hopefully it's that way if fucking Trump gets elected. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm telling you, I already called it in the beginning of the podcast. She's going to win. And then women can realize that if they're evil enough and can lie enough, they can have equal power as a man in the United States. And that'll yeah, be like... You just have to be as shitty as a man. <laughs> at least in politics. <laughs> yeah. But either way, like... I've, the only change I've really seen in this in this whole no. country since I've been alive has been through grassroots movements, you know? Like, people do stuff like that and change it. Or just people learning and growing, like, about marijuana, learning the facts, and enough people sinking in the culture. Yeah, that shit's on the ballot in nine states right now. That rules. Yeah. You know? That's like, fucking terrific. That's not because of politicians or anything. It has nothing to do with politics. That has to do with enough people finding out, like, hey, we've been hoodwinked. Like, this isn't as bad as what they're saying. And, like, so information's spreading, you know? Like, we have a phone technology like i don't know i think it's just it's a shit show right now with politics but i don't know i grew up in the projects so like i, I was never really the winner of fucking capitalist politics and rich people they're all rich people gonna look yeah you me. you have a crazy fucking history like your family story and everything man i gotta respect that a lot you were you had a it's a hard go of it dude but that i appreciate that thank you but like but that that's to me like none of like I don't know. It's people in the poverty, like politics, don't even matter to them. You know, like yeah, right. It's like it's fucking. You're twice removed or whatever. If anything, it's hurt them. The laws and politics, like the drug laws and fucking these rich people yeah. are speaking for you and passing laws. It's like, and when you're in the projects, you're just dysfunctional usually. Like not always, but like there's a lot of abuse and like you're below the poverty line. You know what I mean? So it's like, 
We have fucked up way too many. That's the most fucked up thing about this country. I hope, I hope we can get some fucking change. You know, we lock up like what is it, five percent? We're five percent of the world's population. We lock up. Tw- we have twenty five percent of the incarcerated people in the, the planet. It's so insane. It's fucking insane. Like you, we we like talk shit on dictatorships, but like that. That's. I mean, we have. You know, you have privatized prison. Fuck. <laughs> It sounds like 1984, you know what I mean? Like, like there's people that go into businesses who are trying to get people locked up because they fucking, like, that's how they, that's their business. Yeah, the the crazy thing, Ira, is I, I have a feeling, I have a feeling, and I may be wrong, that we're in a transition as a country and as the world from profit for destruction, like where we poison people and lie to them and deceive them to make money, to like now we have phones and mirrors around and we can see people's like characteristics, true character. It's hard to hide now. So now I think people have to learn how to make money off of healing and creating and growing and helping. And like, I hope so. Instead, you said that on the Jordan interview. I remember, I remember you talking about this. I completely agree. Like, I, yeah, I repeat myself it's, a it's, lot. <laughs> no, no, no. It's great. No, I'm saying, I'm saying it's, it's fucking, I hope, I hope that's where it's going, that people are going to have to. It has to, because it has to, because humans are like our real resource. Like that's like the spirit of a human is like if we just help people grow and give them healthcare, like they can start businesses, they can like be creative. We can go to Mars. Like people, there's some of the fucking we like humans are the best resource we have. Like and we just we destroy them for profit, which is fucked up to me. That's a fucked up system. I've seen that since I was little, and the only thing I've ever seen change is when people fucking go to the streets in mobs and that's when we get our rights back or like you know what i mean like it's insane well you gotta educate yourself too you know what i mean you gotta get smart like uh we we import all of our scientists right now we're not raising scientists in this country you gotta like we need we need you know we need to get back to like this country's pumped up you know there's there's a lot coming in you you know there's no I don't understand this culture that raises kids who want to be celebrities, you know what I mean? They don't care about being, like, an astronaut anymore. Like, we need, we need scientists from this country. Yeah, people gotta kids do stuff. Kids are going to school that, are, that want to, like, help make things better. <laughs> That's what we really need. You can't all be Donald Trump reality show star. I really think the government hired him. They just hired him to, like, run. They're like, we need someone. I fucking hope so. He's already an actor. He's already an actor, bro. <laughs> Either way, tonight we're going to find out what happens, and I bet I bet the sky doesn't fall. I bet the show. Oh, dude, it says there was a shooting in Arizona. I just got, like, a push notification. Gnarly. Bad, bad stuff does happen, though. I'll admit that. But that happens everywhere. <laughs> Hopefully it's not related. Well, we're, we're in no shit. The election night. No, it's not on the news. The show's gone on this far. The, the, the show has gone on this far. We've made it this far. And I feel like people... The world's not as bad as it used to be. I feel like the numbers would support me in that. I'd have to do some yeah. research. <laughs> like my mom says, well, I'll be alive tomorrow or whatever. Yeah, exactly. I mean, unless you got shot in that thing in Arizona. <laughs> and I'm sorry if that was you. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah, apologies. No disrespect. Yeah. No, it's... Uh, it's and you, I want to say one thing. Um, I know we're no, go probably ahead. getting toward, towards the end. Go ahead. Uh, go ahead. But... Um, uh, there was, I want to just say, uh, that you talked about the, the fight with Jordan. Oh, uh, you want to make uh, a correction? I, I just want to, uh, there, I, I just have a slight, okay, so, uh, there was two or three less guys, and I think my, my friend, it was like nine or ten guys. Hey, but, but it's it still a lot. Still a lot. It's still a lot. It's still a lot. Um, it's, 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 a, I don't know, I don't have a rough number, but I think, you know, you're looking at like 11, 12 at the most. The thing is, though, he said none of us got hit. Okay, so 
here's the deal. I was on the outside, right? And I seen these guys. Like, fucking Norman is, like, if you know Norman Woods, he's, like, the ultimate, like, people person. So he sees this this chick, and it's, like, her birthday, and, like, all of these guys with her on her birthday are fucking fighting. Like, my wife was randomly in San Francisco that night. I'm, okay, I'm going to start over. My Wait, wife's but- randomly in San Francisco, and I'm on a war coat trip. And you could look this up. This is this, the video, the audio thing he was talking about. It's on low card. It's a Warco Loose Change. Okay. Loose, loose Change Tour. You'll see that, like, him dropping the camera with the audio. I used that for the whole intro, like, some GGL and stuff. Nice. Okay. So, I met up with my wife and a couple of her friends with Norman and Jordan, and we were drinking and whatever, and um, my wife had been drinking all day. Like, she rolled up to this, like, five block. Paul Flores, like, switched front side, flipped it that day, and then... Um, um, uh, Jacob Walder was on the trip at the time, like Switch Rail Hill, that was like this big ass five block in SF. It was like a fucking crazy day. Boy shows up drunk with her friends, and it's like, it's like I don't know, like twelve thirty or something. She's in the video, like running down the side. You look up the low car video. That's your lady. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's my chick. She's running down, and she. I put her in. That's the only escape here. Sick. Um, so anyway, later that day is the that's the fight day. So they, my wife and her friends, are drinking all day. She actually got um, alcohol poisoning. She had to. Go get, uh, she had to go get hydration later. They <laughs> <laughs> had to stop when they were driving home the next day and she had to go in and get fluid. It's <laughs> alright, I've been down that road before, it's not fun. You know, like, anyway. Um, so, uh, so we go out with them that night, we're partying, it was fucking, it was epic. It was, you know, it was a mellow night, but we had fun and whatever, and we're going back and, uh, I, you know, I, wasn't that drunk. I was kind of like the, like, had a few, hung out with my wife. It was cool. You never see your chick on a skate trip. You know what I mean? Like, we yeah. just, we weren't with them. We just saw them in this one spot that one night. I got kicked out of the bar and tried to sneak a beer out. And then the dude seen me drinking the beer outside through the window and came and took it out of my fucking hand. Sorry. And I had another one in my pocket. <laughs> another tall can in my pocket. Nice. No, I just kept going. Anyway. So, uh, we're in the Tenderloin, too, so it's extra sketchy. If you know San Francisco, the Tenderloin is shisty. Now, we were drinking. That's where our hotel was, because Worko didn't got no money, you know? So, we're in a real, real stabby heroin addict part of town. The trenches. So, yeah, we're walking by some club. This lady, it's her birthday, and her friends are all fighting. And all these dudes are fighting and, like, yelling. And she's, like, sad, like, they're ruining her birthday. And Norman goes in like he normally does. And just tries to like sit, like tries to just like talk to everybody. These fucking people are hammered, you know. Wait, and, so uh, hold on, hold on, let me stop you. So it's a girl with a bunch of dudes, and the dudes are fighting. Yeah, well, it's like she had some other girlfriends with her, but it was her birthday, and all the dudes in their party were like fighting amongst each other. Which I put, I mean, I put this together later. I don't know who they were fighting with, but they're all arguing and grabbing each other and shit, and it's like all kind of spread out on the sidewalk or whatever, and Norman goes up there, and Jordan starts filming, and he's laughing, like, he's telling all this shit pretty right. Um, so, and, you know, like, the one dude tells him not to film, and I totally see this whole thing, and Norman folds the guy, and the guy springs up, and all that shit's accurate. But, we go in, and the elbow, he fucking, he said he had a dent in his elbow, there's a tooth mark, the tooth went through the leather, and his Leatherman fucking young money jacket, smeared with blood. I have a photo of him in this Carlos Jr. afterwards just smeared with blood. Nice. There's a, still a tooth scar. It's a dude's tooth. Which probably came out because he landed a fucking elbow to the dude's face. Brick, but, Brick killed the guy. Had, he said, yeah, you killed a guy with a trident. You should leave the country. <laughs> um, so, um, 
and, and it's all like wrapping up or whatever. Okay, so my, my point of view, though, my point of view is kind of funny. So nobody thinks I'm with these two guys, right? I'm like this fucking dude in the middle of the street, bald guy, literally in the middle of the street, like, come on, let's go. And then George starts filming, and the whole thing goes up, and like Norman punches the guy, and they just get swarmed. And I'm like, God damn it. So I'm just running in from the outside. So I get like, I'm just fucking stepping into dudes, punching them from the side, who don't even see me. And I get like three guys down before anyone's even looked at me. Like just fucking full drunk, like standing back. I'm just like, ah, just haymakers. You fucking came out of nowhere. They, you weren't even part of the group. You're just some random pedestrian that started fighting. Like some dad they were harassing. <laughs> they didn't even think that was with these guys. So anyway, so I get I get in there and then this chubby Asian one like runs at me and like I just barrel chest him. I grabbed him so I didn't have time to do anything. And I like kind of like was like, Ugh. and then he just was like, yeah, I saw the fear in his eyes. I had <laughs> threw him on the ground. I just hit him a couple times. He rolled over. It's hilarious. Okay. Um. But then, so I kind of stand up in the shit, and then like you know, <laughs> and these the weirdest thing is none of these guys. I mean, I'm I'm not I'm not you know just not bring race into this, but none of these guys are black in this this crew. It's oh. like I don't know, but they're I don't know. There's no black guys except for Norman, <laughs> right? Yeah. These three random black dudes run out of no nowhere, and they get Norman like slam into Norman and get him out from like across the street. I don't even know if they knew. Wait, they attack Norman? I, yeah, like we pretty much got like the fucking okay. So the three of us get like these like seven guys down, maybe something like that. Seven, eight, I don't know. It, it like, and then these three random guys run over. And, like, me and Jordan are kind of standing clear, and there's, like, a bunch of people down or, like, scurrying or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, it's a no war one, zone. Like, the dude's up, don't want any, and the dude's down, ain't moving, you know what I mean? So, like, uh, like these three guys run out of nowhere and get Norman down. This one dude kicks Norman in the face, like, in the fucking eyes. I was all swollen and bleeding. So Jordan said no one got hit. That's not true. Norman got kicked in the face by these three dudes. And then me and Jordan both, like, ran over and, like, it was like a weird tackle thing. I don't even know. I can't. It's fuzzy. But like, then dudes are like, they're, you know, we got him down or whatever. And then um, Norman gets up and kicks his dude in the face. And dude fucking was like, that was bad. And then the undercover came up and did the like, rah, rah, you know, they got the police siren. The, rah, rah, and then we fucking were out. It's on the Lokar loose change. That's the real fight. Let me let, let me say thank, let me say thank you to both you and Jordan because I've asked people on multiple episodes about a good fight story. I've asked a lot of people, and that is by far the best fight story on this show to this date. It's election uh, night for sure. I hope I never get in another one. It's all I need. It was a good. It's the you know. It's you know this. Yeah, that, I, I I don't condone like going and starting shit. Whatever we were drunk, these guys like started shit with the boys and they swarmed them up, and it, it is what it is. You know what I mean? Like, but it, it, I'm glad, I'm glad it happened that way. It's fucking. It, we were all, you know, we were all just tickled pink afterwards in the in the Carl's Jr. at like 4 a.m. in the Tenderloin. Jordan's, about Jordan's it. like, dude, I have a tooth in my shoulder. <laughs> yeah. Dude, it's elbow, it's elbow. Tooth mark. 
was like, you gotta go get, you gotta go get a shot, cause that shit's dirty, you know what I mean? You get yeah. infected from people's mouths, or you know? rabies, right? But yeah, Norman's <laughs> eye was all swollen up, and he's bleeding. I was like, you good? He's like, I'm good. <laughs> you know Norman, he's got that deep, I can't do it. <laughs> That's pretty good. He's <laughs> like, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, dude. Nah. So fucking funny. Anyone who doesn't have a fight story, I don't know, you should get in a fight. It's good to know the perspective of being punched in the face. It's very humbling. Yeah. <laughs> to life yeah, experience, my friends. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't hurt until after anyway, if you're, you know, if you're really in it. <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, Ira, seriously, dude, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. And, like, the raddest thing, man, is I've seen you so many times, and I know we went on that trip and stuff, but every time I see you, you're fucking skating hard. And when I see people skating hard... I know that they're good in life. You know what I mean? Like, I know, because skateboarding is the truth, dude. And when I see people and I can tell they've been skating, and I always can with you, I'm like, that dude's going to be good in life. That shit, he's on the right path. Fucking. Hell yeah. I love that. It's <laughs> like the Seinfeld quote, you know? Which is going to be all right. Yeah. You know that one? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I used it in some machine. Like, is it starting your right, right nowhere else, part? Yeah, awesome. Well, fuck yeah, Ira. Thank you so much, man. Uh, you're the best, Anthony. Peace. Last thing before we go, I uh, just wanted to take a moment to thank you. Um, this, this is crazy. We've, we've recorded 152 of these things, man. Um, it's a trip, man. I was like, scrolled through all of them. I'm just looking at all the names and just how many epic stories and people that I've gotten, that we've gotten to meet through this thing. And uh, I don't know. I'm really hyped this exists in skateboarding in 2016. I'm really appreciative. Um, seriously, all the feedback on um, my personal Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, you guys are awesome. It means a lot to me, um, all the feedback. You guys actually help improve the quality of the show, suggesting guests and questions. and um, it, it really means a lot. So, And uh, thank you to all the reviews on iTunes as well. That That's rad, man. Uh, I read everything, and I make sure to check it, and if I can respond back on any of the social media, I do. Especially if you're you're not being a dick. <laughs> Most people aren't. Occasionally there's one dick, you know? But uh, I even try to respond back tactfully to those people as well. Um, this has been cool, man. I'm honored. Till next time.